What's new listeners? I'm Arthur Howell, the host of Two Cents Critic. If you want to move for reviews of books, movies, and TV shows, then join in. Today, we're going to be covering Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Woohoo! We've been wanting to cover this for a while. <laughs> and I'll have a guest with me today. It's Franklin Coda. I just want to say, you know, welcome on to the show. Franklin, it's just really great to be able to have you on here. Great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Yes, I know. Again, it's just like even uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and just like, oof, been wanting to cover this a while. And uh, so yeah, Team Gold Talk, that's a podcast that you are your co-host of. And do you want to, you know, give, like, give a little blurb about that? Uh, yeah, Teen Girl Talk is my sister and I talking about teen movies, books, uh, any kind of teen media, and just recounting our lost teen, well, not really lost teen years, but our just our teen years in general, and uh, our catchphrase is "We're too too old to be teens, too funny not to listen to." <laughs> yes, yes, and yeah. So again, I'm really glad to have you on here. I want to thank you very much. And you're also and you're also a Marvel fan as well. So also perfect fit. Oh yeah, no, I've been a Marvel fan for quite a while. Um, mainly, like I mainly love. The, the dumber parts of Marvel, like Do- Dr. Doom is like my favorite Marvel character. And I'm like, I, I want them to get to a good, like, you know, I've seen, I've, well, I haven't seen them, but I've watched like enough of each of the Fantastic Four movies. And I'm just like, this Dr. Doom is not stupid enough. Like he's not goofy enough. You people lost the point of Dr. Doom. Like Dr. Doom is not he, like he's not scary, he's not threatening. He is dumb. He is dumb and corny, and I love him so much for it. You know, I haven't read, I haven't been able to read the comics. I'm not familiar with the comic book version of Doctor Doom. I'm only familiar with with both movie versions. So okay, okay. So one, he he like he's a combination of science and magic. Um, at a certain point, like his face got scarred. And he's like, I'll make this mask to hide my face from people. So right. they won't I, see I, I know about that. Yes, it's science and magic. But, and even in the movies, like, they do have, like, well, at least the first movie, they have the whole mask thing. But the reboot, they change things quite a bit. But, but, but then he's like, well, it hasn't cooled down. Whatever. On my face. And he's like, <laughs> further burns his face. And, like... Um, there's a point where he just comes bursting through a wall and Spider-Man's like, you couldn't use a door? And he's like, like a peasant? I'm like, oh my god, he's so dumb. <laughs> just rushing in there. <laughs> he gave himself a doctorate from a university he created. <laughs> in Latveria. What uh, well, yeah, I'm just like... Uh, he's pure arrogance and just pure, like like I said, he's just so dumb. And spoilers for season one of Jessica Jones, but I feel like we're kind of moved on from, like, you know, it's we've moved yeah, past yeah. such lim- limitations on, on that. Yeah, probably moved on. Even though I haven't I haven't seen Jessica Jones or, like, the other Netflix shows, but sure, like, I've heard this stuff already. Okay, dude, do you mind if I spoil the ending for you? I know, it's okay. So that character, the Purple Man, um, he dies at the end of Jessica Jones. Mm. But there's a part in um, he, like Doctor Doom, has captured him for some reason or another, 
And he's like, you wouldn't be so big if, like, you weren't wearing that mask and I could, like, talk to you in person. I could control you. And he, Dr. Doom orders everybody to leave. And he takes the mask off and he's like, give it your best shot. And, like, the purple man can't control him just because Dr. Doom's will is that strong. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, I'm like, oh, it would have been great to see David Tennant having to deal with, like, a really, like, just aggressive, doc- aggressively dumb Dr. Doom. Oh, yeah, that's very nice to visualize, actually. So, uh. but yeah, no. Um, you know, I grew up on, I grew up, like, watching the 90s uh, X-Men cartoon and the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. Um, you know, I've, I've read a fair amount of Daredevil, um, a lot of X-Men, and, yes, a fair amount of Cap, like, you know, Cap, yeah, both yeah. Captain Marvel and Captain America. Um, I, I would say I'm not probably the best. I'm not an expert Marvel person. Like my housemate, uh, could probably like run circles around me, but like, I know enough to get by, you know? Yes. Yes. Well, it's funny that we were talking a bit about Dr. Doom because now we get to transition over from one arrogant doctor to another, but somewhat less villainous doctor, even though he can also do some pretty shitty things. <laughs> uh, yeah, so again, we're, we're going to talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This is directed by Sam Raimi and written by Michael Waldron, who is also head writer for Loki. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. This, this movie has Loki oh, yeah. goofiness all over. Oh, yeah. what, what's, your, what's your experience with uh, Raimi? So my experience with Raimi is that I have seen, I, I saw the original, you know, with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man trilogy. I don't think I've seen anything else. Like, I know he has, I know he has the Evil Dead movies. He's had, he had that, uh, oh, yeah, the Drag Me to Hell. He had that, oh, and then the last movie he directed was Oz, Great and Powerful, all the way back in 2013, with Danny and I know that was a huge flop. I haven't seen it, but again, it was a huge flop. People hated it. And that what and that really uh, that along with Spider Man Three, both of those really took a shot at uh at Raimi's confidence. And that's why he just like kind of took a step back from directing for the past nine years. And that's and and and, and that's why even even before heading into Multiverse of Madness, I was I I I I did feel like this, you know, this sense of belief that he was able to get back into the director's chair. And just have have a kind of like have a chance to prove himself because he has a lot of he he has a lot of projects that just fell through whether he was directing them or producing them like he was producing a movie adaptation of The Last of Us that ended up uh, collapsing or he's gonna he's gonna direct a Spider Man four with with Tobey Maguire that ended up failing same goes for an Evil Dead four just a lot of movies kind of turned turned out that way. So I'm glad he, he's able to get back into the swing of things with multiverse of madness, especially with, super, with the superhero genre. And just the, and, and, and also watching this movie, like, you know, we'll, we'll be getting into our general thoughts and feelings, but watching this movie, there has been a whole debate about whether or not he, like, he, he's been able to, you know, show his, you know, exp- express himself and his voice through the movie. And I think he's able to have an opportunity to, to, to do that. I think maybe half of this movie, sticks with the MCU formula and then the other half is where he is where Raimi gets to shine and just you know 
gets to you know show off some of some of his directorial flair. Yeah, yeah, especially towards the latter half of this movie, I would definitely say like you start seeing the Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two yeah. influence, <laughs> and just even like the, the, the general cheekiness that I remember from the Tobey Maguire movies. Yeah, um, but I would suggest if you're going to if you do want to delve both you Arthur and our listeners. If you want to delve into the Evil Dead franchise, I would go with, I would skip the original Evil Dead. It's a competent horror movie, but like Evil Dead Two is way more fun. You know, it. I've, right, once again, yeah. we, we've we've lived moved past the statute of limitations on the ending or like spoilers for Evil Dead Two. But like watching Bruce Campbell put a chainsaw on his arm and go groovy. I've heard of that. I've, I've heard of that beat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like, um, when, when we get into our, like, in-depth, spoiler-filled, like, right, talk, of, yeah, I, I, I think I can point out a few, uh, Raimi bits and pieces here and there. Um, All right, well, so, yes, yeah, so, 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 thoughts and feelings, like, you know, just, uh, what do you, what do you have about the, about the movie, and make sure to keep it non-spoilery. Okay, well, see, when you first reached out to me, and, like, we're, like, we're going to talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, my main, my main thought was just, like, because I was, just, like, when I originally watched it, I was, like, okay, I mean, this, this, this is good, it didn't do everything I wanted it to do, um, and then, but the problem was, I had seen, um, everything, everywhere, all at once, before this, and I'm just, like, oh, dang, Oh yeah, my mom the, just saw that recently. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's funny. She, even she was like, "Oh, whatever, whatever, multiverse of madness does everything. Everyone all at once does way better. It's so much more complex." So well, how do we see? I mean, the yeah, like it's way trippier. You know, like I, I would say they're both they're evenly directed. Like, um, but the the stuff that's being put on the screen and everything is just it's beautiful it's absolutely stunning and gorgeous and it keeps it so tight with it's just like main cast of like four people you know um and you know like and it's it's i knew like dr strange wasn't gonna go there um you know as hard because like you know, everything, everywhere at once is just unrestrained. It can do whatever it wants, because once that movie ends, those characters stop existing, essentially. Meanwhile, at the end of Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange still has to be part of the MCU, so he's confined by all that. Yes, it has to be part of the whole franchise. And even Sam Raimi, I recall him in his interviews, I think he would talk about, like, when he would ask, like, oh, do you have creative freedom for this movie? And I think his basic response was, well, I was just trying to fit this into the MCU and try to give everyone a movie to, that they'll enjoy. And I and I think it, people people did feel like, and I also felt like, I was kind of, we were kind of worried because it's like, oh, did he really have that much freedom or is this going to be a movie where you can't really feel his voice coming through? Will it just kind of fade away into the rest of the MCU and be bland? Yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, when it comes to Doctor Strange in general, like, I remember reading the comics, and they are trippy. 
like it's very clearly like the writers and artists in Marvel when they were creating the original Doctor Strange comics, they're like, people are gonna be smoking pot and reading this, and that's that's exactly who we're going for. And like the visuals get got kind of buck wild in the first Doctor Strange, and they got more buck wild in this, but I'm like, it's still not psychedelic as I could go for. Um do like is it an un, like did I not care for? No. It's you know, it's not Eternals. I did not care for the Eternals. I know, like, there are Marvel movies where I'm like, didn't care for this one. And then, like, then Eternals came out. I'm like, okay, cool. I now know what the worst Marvel movie is. <laughs> and if you want to fight, you want to fight me on that, feel free to fight me on that. Um, but I'm just like, I, I thought it was really lame. And I thought it was such a missed opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think maybe like Iron Man two is worse than Eternals, but definitely Eternals really could have been so much better than it turned out to be. I mean, uh, it could have been like this whole epic, grand, you know, journey, and then it's just like, yeah, it's just not that. It, it really should have been polished up. It's not that tightly written. Yeah. But I just the thing is like I didn't care about the characters like and there were so many characters. It's such a huge cast. I mean, you could have shaved it down and just like and, and just focus more, shave it down and focus on a few lots of the characters. You know, that way you have more time to explore the other characters' journeys. Again, if you have like what like how many characters were there? Was there like what eight, ten? I guess something like that. Yeah. Cut it down to six. <laughs> And I, I was just like, you know, if you're going to give me a big team movie, give me X-Men. But we're not here to crap on Ex- Eternals. We're here to crap on <laughs> Doctor Strange. Um, and I don't want to crap on it. Because it, it, it was a serviceable movie. I'm really glad they introduced America Chavez. Um, yeah. um, I think I'm super excited. Like, I, we for my podcast, Teen Girl Talk, we covered uh, Babysitter's Club. And that's actually... Mm-hmm. Where I first saw the actress uh, Sochil Gomez. Yep, yep. I I heard about her being on that show as well. Yeah, and she, everybody on the Babysitters Club killed it. Um, you know, just throwing that out there. Watch the Babysitters Club. It was a really good show. Um, I cried multiple times during that show. Just throwing that out there. Um, but you know, like I I liked. I also like that these movies are getting more and more self-referential um, yep, yep. because like everybody sees these movies and like when they were like talking about other things in the movies, I'm just like, yeah, like it's a, the the it's makes the world start to feel bigger. Um, more believable. Yeah. Well, the thing is like, I remember um, there's a comic where Captain Marvel and Spider-Man go on a date, and he's talking about, like, they tr- they're they trying their hardest to not, like, talk shop on their date, and they just give up, and he's like, you know what, I'm just throwing this out there, but you probably increase the, like, sales of leather boots and red sashes by 300%, just, you know, you should be proud of yourself for that. <laughs> And like that's like when I want when I watch a superhero movie, that's what I want to see is the superheroes, and they're not when they're not fighting things. I want to see them t- like talking and chatting, like shop talk, and just you know, I want to see their emotions, and that's, I I got a fair amount of that in this movie. Um, sh- I, is it is it a spoiler to talk about who the villain is? 
Uh, people know. I think I, I well, we won't get into too, de- too many details about the villain, but I think people already have a have a sense, especially from the trailers. Which I do think the trailers probably gave a bit too much away. But yeah, I think people already know. Okay, then I'm gonna say just like I didn't care for the villain. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> like okay, okay. I, I'm like, I'm. Mm, well, I'll save that part for the spoiler. But yeah, my biggest weakness for me, the biggest weakness is the villain. And I don't know if that's a personal thing or what, but, like, yeah. The, the villain for me just kind of, like, brought this whole thing down. Um, it was it was nice to see that character from uh, Marvel vs. Capcom that I've never, <laughs> like, I remember playing when I was a kid in the, like, pizza arcades. <laughs> All right, well, it's... Shuma Giraffe, I think his name is. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. You know, there's a whole thing about that. Yeah. I, I, you know, we'll get it deeper into that in the plot breakdown. But I was like, oh yeah, good. Some details about this. Very interesting details. But so. okay, so my, so now my general thoughts and feelings are that I, uh, I generally, yeah, I think I generally enjoy this movie. That being said, it is not without its flaws. Uh, I can I can understand why other people would be would hate this movie or be indifferent to it, but I so I and I and I and I was fortunate enough to uh, have seen it twice by now, uh, both in Disney Plus. Actually, I just on the first rewatch, I actually just watched it like eight, like eight hours ago, or something like that. And I think I so I, I'm really into like the, the visuals of the movie. I think this is definitely one of the most visually creative movies in MCU, and just and definitely, it has the moments where it can't, where it can get somewhat chippy, not 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 like overly chippy, not not not, not like you were saying overly psychedelic, but it's got it's got some it's got some weird moments in there, and I think that those those are the times when you can feel Raimi just you know being into the director's chair and letting loose with what he wants. Uh, there were also I think the, there was an interesting there was some interesting moments that this movie does with Strange, with the character of, of Stephen Strange that I was kind of interested in, although then there was kind of a, another moment where, towards the end where I was like, hmm, you could have handled this moment with character better. Uh, the villain, I guess I won't, I guess I won't get spoiled with that either, but the villain and the way that the villain's arc is handled, I'm not, uh, I still feel, feel very conflicted about. And it's hard to say without getting without get, 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 getting too deep into the details, but yeah, I, I still feel, feel very conflicted about the about the villain. And then I do I also I also do feel like maybe it's like the second the second act does lag does lag somewhat with the pacing. I feel like that's probably one of the one of the like rights. It's not really a major issue, but it is a like, right for the half of the movie. Yeah, I mean it's a it, it, it's a, it, it's a movie that I feel. You know, I feel conflicted about it. You know, it definitely. It, it, if I were to you know rank it in the MCU, it'll probably fall more in the middle. You know, it's not one of the top movies. It's not gonna be something like, like you know, The Winter Soldier or Black Panther or or Iron Man or Shang Chi or Guardians of the Galaxy. But you know, it's, it's not. It doesn't really belong in the bottom either for me either. It's not. It's not like Iron Man two, or you know, or. or I guess maybe, or I think towards the dark world for me is actually kind of more in the middle. 
I don't know. I feel like other people, other people crap on it more. But I'm like, yeah, Scarlet the Dark World is fine. You know, it's mediocre. It's not bad. Not good. You know. But do you do you think Doctor Strange kind of suffers from Superman syndrome, where he's so powerful that it's hard to kind of write a good story around him? Ah, uh, funny you say that. I don't think it's Doctor Strange who suffers from that problem. I think it's a different character who suffers from that problem. Which, again, we'll get deeper into that in the plot breakdown, but yeah, a different character who suffers from that same problem. Okay. But. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with you that, yeah, this movie just kind of falls in the middle for me. Like, you know, if I saw somebody who's watching The Eternals, I'd be like, well, I'm out of here. See you, on the, see you in another night. Um, but, like, I'm just like, yeah, if this movie's on, I'm not going to kick you out of bed. Like, but there is, like, there is, and there is a specific scene. Wait, wait, there's a specific scene in the second act where I am like, oh, I without getting into spoilers, I appreciate how this movie was able to handle this and what a bold decision it was. And I'm not sure if you know what I'm talking about, but you know, we'll get we'll get into it again. Plot breakdown, but yeah. So those are those are my general thoughts and feelings on the movie. And now we can uh, we can give our wind up scores. So Franklin. What is your wind-up score going from 0 to 100? Yeah, I'm going to give it a solid... I'm going to give it a solid 84. 84, 84. All right. And... It's like a B-, minus, I think. <laughs> 84. I feel like 84 is actually a bit, a bit, a bit high for a B-, minus, but whatever, you know, it's your, it's your personal score. Um, maybe my teachers maybe my teachers were just overly charitable and they were just like, Yeah, this is a B plus, you're good. Just get out of here. <laughs> but interesting is I'm I'm just thinking right now because I'm like, um, should I give this should I give this a seventy or maybe a seventy three, a seventy five? Uh, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna land on a score of, of seventy. I think okay. because for, yeah, for me again, it's the if if the arc for the villain was handled with much more nuance, I think this movie would have definitely gone up to like an eighty. Like this, that's probably my biggest problem with the movie. I, I, again, I just feel something flicked over it, and if that had been repaired, I think my score would be go out to probably an eighty-five, or you know, somewhere in that range. But no, that's just that, that's just my biggest right, my, my my biggest issue with the movie. And just other, just other things were, and then I, even, I feel like, I'll, I'll also add, that I feel like the movie gets uh, thematically muddled towards the end, where it kind of feels like it's supposed to be giving one message, but then something happens, and then it's like, wait, so you're kind of just countering the message you've been giving the whole time? I mean, depending on how mm. you interpret it, but, yeah. so yeah, so again, so that's my wind-up score, 70, and 70 out of 100. Again, like I still generally enjoy this movie, and I do hope I I hope this gives a, a boost, uh, for for Sam Raimi. I you know I want him to get back in the director's chair, and just be able to direct more movies. Whether I don't I don't know if he'll like do the next Doctor Strange or 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 if he'll just do something on his own. Maybe not. Maybe another horror movie. But this is you know. Again, generally enjoyed this movie, and also I want to say that it was made on a budget of two hundred million dollars, and for a time it previously held the record for the most successful movie of twenty twenty two in the worldwide box office, hauling in nine hundred forty three million dollars. 
Now Top Gun Maverick has surpassed the Joe and shot past the $1 billion mark only 31 days after its release. But what about the madness that have that spot for, for a bit? I don't care for Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I once played a... Uh, in col- my, my first time around in college, I played a Top Gun drinking game. I, I don't drink. I was just the referee. Um... <laughs> And every time the 80s happened or something homoerotic happened, the contestants had to take a drink. We didn't even get to the volleyball scene. like. And I'm like, I was the one who stopped. I'm like, We're, I'm calling this. People are going to start dying. I know. You know, I recently saw that, saw that for the first time. And I was like, huh, there's a lot of, I can pick up on, on a lot of cues here, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Um, I think my score is also boosted by the promise given in the mid-credit sequence. We'll get there, but it also got me very excited. Yeah, I can see um, that. I can see that too. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so. Oh yeah, so yeah, so now we, yeah, so now we've given our wind-up scores, and now we can just head right on into spoiler country. So, listeners, if you have not seen Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness yet, and you don't want spoilers, then just pause this episode and maybe you know. Go watch it, you know, go stream it on Disney Plus, or, you know, if you're going to Disney Plus, you can rent it, buy it, whatever. But if you have seen the movie, or if you don't, if you haven't seen it, but you don't care about spoilers, but you put your okay with spoilers, then you can stay right here. All right, go right into the plot breakdown. And so this movie just opens right up, right with the action. I feel, I feel like typical for an MCU movie when it, when it has a, when it has a, uh, Defender Strange, I, I think it's actually called it in the subtitles, a version of Doctor Strange, and he's, and he's just going through this interdimensional space with America Chavez, and they're running away from this fire from this fire demon. Which looks a lot like the creatures. Like, the minute I saw it, I was like, that's one of the things from Edge of Tomorrow! <laughs> really? I mean, it, not exactly, but, like, did you see Edge of Tomorrow? no. Oh, oh, as of tomorrow. Okay, I thought for some reason I thought you were talking about everything, everyone at once for a second. But yes, as of tomorrow. Yes, yes. Yeah, like I'm just like that. Like that looks so clear. Like one of the things from Edge of Tomorrow. Um, oh, I, I, I didn't make that connection there, but yeah, I can I can see the resemblance between the beasts. Yeah. Um. Okay. God. Edge. Of, listeners, watch Edge of Tomorrow. That movie rules. Oh yeah. Especially. Especially if you don't care for Tom Cruise, like that movie, <laughs> extra rules. <laughs> yeah, yes. I'll, I'll second that. But yeah, so they're running through. Um, they're running through this trippy area. Um, what, we call, for, what we later learn is called a gap junction, the space, the space between universes. Yeah, um, they're heading for this thing called the Book of Ashanti. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the 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 book of plot MacGuffin, uh, <laughs> like it gives you exactly what you need, but it's like a good book to, to vanquish your enemies. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, Doctor Strange uh, puts puts the uh, Edge of Tomorrow beast into a magical Pokeball, um, and he's like, "I can't hold it," you know, and then he gets stabbed in the leg. And, um, and then he tries to, and then, and then he's about to kill America, like drain her energy, and sacrifice her because she's too strong, and the demon could try to steal it. But then the demon just stabs him in the chest. Yeah, and she's like, like 
uh, later, opens up a star-shaped portal, and oh, she opens, like, the thing grabs her, it's holding her by all four of her limbs, um, and she gets scared, so she opens up a star-shaped portal. Yeah, right behind and, it. And Defender Strange is like, yo, it's time for my redemption moment, and he uses the last bit of his magic to slice off the, uh, the, tent- the tentacle creature's limbs, and she goes flying through the portal. I'm now thinking about this. And they all go through, yeah, they all go through the portal, actually. Yeah, um, so that, and his, his, he goes flying through the portal as he's dying. And I'm now thinking about this. One, uh, the, the bad guy, who has not been revealed yet, is sending mostly tentacle based monsters after America. Yeah, you know what? I picked up on that as well. And I'm, and I'm just like, hmm, interesting. I wonder, <laughs> wonder what the reference is here for the tentacles. Do I think maybe it's just like it's easier like for creatures to be to have tentacles like in general like you know it's like say you're like a monster that lives in that gap junction like do you want to just have like two limbs and two legs or is it just easier evolutionary wise to have multiple tentacles yeah i guess so maybe like to just, to just you know transport yourself across like platforms or just things that are floating through space or maybe Sam Raimi just like respects octopus, like octopi, like intelligence, like, and he's just like everything is tentacles. We must fear the octopus. Well, you know what? I, you know the, the octopus is quite a, an intelligent creature. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I actually one day I was bored at work and I found a Wikipedia article called uh, Cephalopod Intelligence, and I'm like, well, this is my afternoon now. Um, Opening up his eyes and climbing out of the tanks to grab crabs and other prey, or like at one point just getting sick of Tess and just climbing into the like cage with the the clam it's supposed to be getting, and be like, "Well, screw you! I'm just gonna hang in here from now on." <laughs> but um, and then after after this, so we jump we jump to to our Stephen Strange just waking up suddenly from uh, what seems to be a dream. And then he goes off to church, and he is gonna. There's gonna be a wedding for Christine Palmer, played by Rachel McAdams. And he also has a little, a little run-in with, with his rival, Doctor West, who, who apparently so he flipped. We learned Doctor West flipped, and he lost both his cat and his brother during those five years. I'd like to just go back to that bedroom scene real quick. Oh yeah. He 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 wakes up shirtless, possibly naked, <laughs> next to an open laptop. I don't want to get too blue, but... <laughs> okay, I did not notice that. <laughs> I'm like, it, though it would have been funny if he just, like, looked at the camera and just like, oh, I fell asleep watching all the great things on Disney+. Plus. You know, like Obi-Wan. <laughs> Wink! <laughs> and then just, like, Wan comes in, he's like, were you just talking about how affordable a monthly a monthly subscription to Disney+, Plus is? He's like, yeah, I was. Wink! <laughs> Oh, that that certainly that that does have some thoughts. <laughs> Just like, do you know they have? Like, as Wong is leaving, like, do you know they have the entire Simpsons in like every season on Disney Plus? It's incredible. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, so yeah, he oh, ends and, up, and he also ties his own tie with his with magic as well. Yo, know, I don't care about like being able to have like the unbreakable chains of whatever. The teleporting thing I would kind of want, but like the 
The spell to tie your own tie, I would use that almost every day. Oh, that's so useful. I hate tying ties so much. I don't I don't wear them regularly enough to ever have to like remember how to tie a tie. But then like a wedding comes up or some formal event, I'm like, well, time to open up that YouTube video and really learn. Well I can have just... a tie one, so I don't know how I don't know your experience for that. Uh there was a point I had, like, I did have to wear a tie for work for a while, and I just had one tie that I'd loosen, and then it came, like, untied, and I'm like, you know what, I'll just take them yelling at me for the day, I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't have enough time to learn this. Yes. But yeah, he shows up at the church. Um, and, and also, uh, and, and Dr. West asks him, like, did you have to, you know, did, did you have to do that? Did you... What about all he can do? And, and Strange says he made the only trade they had because he had given the time stone to Thanos. And this does make me wonder, like, wait, is this just general knowledge, what happens in Infinity War and Endgame? Well, that's the thing. That's the, I mean, yeah. Like, that's always my question is because they call, like, you know, the normal people seem to call it the blip. The heroes call it the snap. So my thought was that they were holding back the information. This is my general theory, is that they were holding back the information that this was just a dude. This was just a dude that showed up and murdered half of everything. Because, like, I don't know if the, if I don't know if I could continue being a person if I found out such beings existed in the world. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, so one, aliens exist. Two, they have seemingly unlimited power. Three, everybody di- like half of everybody died, <laughs> like, and they stayed dead for five years. And like the other thing is just like they're in a church, and this is how we're gonna tie this in. Were religions okay after Thor showed up, and just in general, like were certain Christian groups like, yo, guess what? It's the rapture. Half of us have gone. <laughs> and then, like, they came back. It's like, oh, we, we should not have told them it's the rapture. <laughs> I, I, how, do we, how do we explain them coming back? I don't know. I almost feel like they would just keep, like, they would, like, they would have to be almost just, like, not acknowledging Thor or, Rag, or like, Ragnarok or Asgard or other, or other, you know, aliens or just, like, stuff like that. And maybe they'll just be like, well, you know, they exist, but somehow they all, like, they all connect to our religion somehow. But I'm just throwing this out there. If I find out Thanos exists and he can just snap me away in, like, a second, I'm eating, like, Butterfingers for breakfast. Nothing matters anymore. I will become the ultimate nihilist. Well, yeah, that would be very upsetting. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, what? Milkshakes for lunch and dinner? Well... I could be snapped away. Might as well enjoy it while I can. Relatable. <laughs> but then, and then also other moments as well where I've been like, I think Hawkeye, I remember thinking this, where it's like, wait, so people know what happened? Like, people know how Black Widow died? Or or even like, even as Miss Marvel series, I think, if I recall correctly, and like, there, there was like, a, I think there was men- a mention of like, of Scott Lang hosting a podcast and like it seems like maybe he could have spoiled some details about what went down on his podcast so i'm like okay maybe that's how the public knows that i don't know yeah. but well i mean 
was was the Avengers maybe like maybe some Avengers personnel like because when when you see the Avengers compound in Ant Man and at the end of Age of Ultron, it looks like there's people working there. So maybe like certain people just like popped back in, like they were they were working there. The snap happened. And they pop back in, and they're just like, oh, oh, dang, what's going on? Well, time to pull out the old camera phone. And you just got this juddery camera phone footage of this giant fight. <laughs> you know? Oh, gosh. But, uh, but, uh, but all things considered, like, there was also a lot of, in that fight, we don't think about it because, you know, we're focused yeah, on, like, Avengers Assemble. But there were a lot of just normal people there. Like... There was like all the wizards who we know just go about their business in the real world, and like all the Wakandan people, all the Wakanda warriors. Howard the Duck was there, you know. And Howard the Duck is, from what I hear, a notorious gossip. Um, actually, yeah, I watched um a YouTube video where somebody pointed out that Howard the Duck is in the final fight. Ooh. Wait, wait, wait. I was just looking this up. So I, I just had to make sure. So yeah, Miss Marvel confirmed that a Shield agent was at the Endgame battle. As I said, I remember hearing about this. I just want to make sure to confirm it. Yeah. Uh, so. Yep. And, and then that same and then that same Shield agent actually published a book about her experiences at the battle. Huh. And 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 this book and this book was featured in the first episode of Miss Marvel when they were going to the Avenger Avenger Con. I didn't even notice okay, that, but um, yeah, you know, there's so right. many, especially in our first episode of Miss Marvel, there's so many little Easter eggs like that. All right, I so mean, yeah, the, so, so again, back, back. Oh wait, what, wait, what did you say? No, I was just gonna continue to wax poetic on Thor, but like we should be talking about Doctor Strange. <laughs> um, yeah, stop, please. But yeah, so back to the back, back to the wedding. Just... So yeah, Christine, she's getting married, and and we all, and then we have a little conversation between her. And strange and kind of like you know reflecting on their relationship and she says you always had to be the one holding the knife and i could respect you for it but i couldn't love you for it dr strange turns water into wine <laughs> that's that too he's like oh was jesus a wizard maybe <laughs> and, and and in this movie it is it is a thing where it's like it strange is reflecting one his relationship with christine and trying to be like oh like could things work out for us even in other universes. Yeah. Which I, I thought was an interesting... I thought it was an interesting character arc for this movie to play around with. And... Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, my, my thing is with the, these movies, I do feel like they... This one, they kind of used her a bit better, but, like, I always felt like they kind of wasted Rachel McAdams in this movie. And, these, like, in first Doctor Strange in this one. Yeah, I mean... Um, I, think that, I think definitely better than the first movie, but, I don't know, like... It, it, it's fine. It's not great, but I think it's definitely better than you know most of the than what most of the women have to do in in the movies. You know, because it, it's always yeah. that trope, which is like, oh, like you're leaving the girlfriend, or I guess in this case, ex girlfriend, you know, at, at home, and able and and they can't really do much. I mean, and and that's why it's always like it's always like you know that's why I'm glad that uh, Jane Jane Foster. Will finally get to do crap and throw them in thunders and just be able to wield the owner. And I can completely understand why Nazi Corbin was not interested in coming back for Thor Ragnarok, but now it's like 
that. And I was like, I'm sure Taika Waititi had to do some convincing. And also, there's probably lots of money involved, but I'm sure also Taika Waititi was like, hey, we actually get to do stuff in this movie. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't, like, I don't need her to have superpowers, but, like, what would have been interesting to me is if they threw her in, like, in other movies where it's just like, oh, Spider-Man got shot or something, and then she's just, like, there, like, being like, you're a child, and you need to stop doing this. He's like, nope, later. Whee! <laughs> you know, like, make, you know, make her, um, make her, like, okay, so you remember, okay, you didn't watch the, um, you know, did you watch any of the Netflix uh, Marvel shows? Uh, not yet. I feel like everybody should get around to them, though, especially Daredevil. Yeah. Rosario Dawson just becomes everybody's like go-to medical provider in those like in that show. Like she's the she's the thread that connects everything. Just because she's just like I am so frustrated with dealing with these super people and then pulling bullets out of them. <laughs> but like that's kind of what I wanted for Christine. Is she's just like, oh, what happened to this girl? Okay, I'll go fix it up. I think I see. I think especially since as, as the MC is becoming more and more interconnected. I think it would definitely make sense for a certain character to just pop up in multiple stuff. Like like Wong. I think like Wong is popping up in a bit more stuff. Like, you know, he was in Shang-Chi for a bit. And now it's of course like the strange. And yeah. then even like Spider-Man No Way Home. A, 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 a great character for that. And sorry, this is just me uh, being a Marvel nerd, like, you know, Daredevil nerd. Um, is this low-level thug named Turk. Um, who's just constantly being, yeah, he's constantly being razzled by Daredevil. In fact, in the Daredevil show, he's the first person that Daredevil punches. Um, and like, he's just your go-to idiot thug person. And, um, you know, but like he has like visions of grandeur and all these things. I would just love if he was just constantly getting razzled by other superheroes um, he actually even makes it to the Dark Knight Returns. Oh, really? Wow. The, uh, the, the Batman story. Um, because Frank Miller wrote both, you know, Daredevil and Dark Knight Returns. And it, it's actually one of my favorite bits of just like, ah, nice. Where um, this guy's like, Turk said he killed Batman. And another guy's like, Turk says a lot of things. <laughs> like, I just kind of want that in the MCU. Yes, yes. <laughs> Turk said he killed Hulk. Turks does a lot of things. <laughs> just having just having him like pop up everywhere and spread spread the speculation. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So eventually, Christine's just like, by the way, you're gonna meet. I, I'm guessing she meet meets her husband. Uh, he's a big fan of yours. Oh yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's screaming and like all this, you know, distress going on. And Dr. Strange's like, oh, thank God I get to leave this awkward fest. And he, he pulls the cloak of levitation out of seemingly nowhere and throws it and then just flies into battle. Um, and everybody like runs to the window. And Christine's like, oh, of course, he, of course this happened. And that's always my thing about these shows. It's like, look, if you're going to be friends or lovers with a superhero, this is what happens. Like you, you know, like you. Just, it's just part of the part of the life, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, just, especially since everyone knows 
that he is uh, that he's Doctor Strange now. So it's just quite easier for him to just be able to go into superhero mode. Yeah. It's not like he has a secret identity. But yeah, and so he's going outside, he has chaos, there's chaos, and he has to fight uh, Shim- Shimagoras, who... Now, now there's this whole, like, apparently, this whole conflict where, uh, they, where Marvel Studios changed the name. Because it was like, oh, it's like Capcom has a right to this. And then uh, apparently Marvel didn't even, didn't even go out, uh, didn't even talk with the licensor about using the name Shimagoras in the in movie. It's just like, so they actually decided to rename it uh, Gigantos for the movie. So it actually it's named officially Gigantos, but it's just like, no, this is the same beast as Shimagoras, but it's just changing the name to avoid the rights issues with Capcom. Yeah. Um, and um, Strange immediately notices this thing is going after America Chavez, who he doesn't know yet. And he remember oh, that was I made I would only think you mentioned it, but like he had a dream where he saw America and other Doctor Str- Man Bun Doctor Strange. Yep, yep, that was the uh, opening scene. Yes, that's, that's what we saw. And also, so also this makes me wonder what happened to the Fire Demon. I, I'm assuming it was just defeated, but it was kind of like wait, you're going from the Fire Demon to to the, the Shimagoras. <laughs> Maybe it was just like oh nerds nuts and just like left. <laughs> Like, I'm not a very good demon. Um, and then Wong, and then also Wong comes in, and he's helping out. I also like the moment when 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 uh when when the cape just slaps Strange in the face a couple times. Yeah. When he fainted. <laughs> um, but that, this is this is something I've always enjoyed about uh, Marvel comics is that I think it was Stan Lee who basically put in an edict. That people can't just fly, you know. Like he thinks Already? he thought. Yeah, he was like he thought Superman was dumb. He's like, why can Superman just fly? What what is his propulsion? Why can he just do this? Like everybody has to have a reason they can fly. Like you know, Strange has the cloak. Wanda has her magic. Iron Man has his repulsor blast. Thor isn't technically flying. He's throwing his hammer and just holding on for dear life. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But yeah, I, I just you know I just love that with um, with Stan Lee and like that edict of just like give it a reason why can he do this? It doesn't have to be a good reason; it just has to be a reason. Yeah, it's just yeah, um, it's just have a reason, and 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 then and then the battle ends. I mean, it's surprising. It's just like strange. Just I really like this move actually. He basically creates these Green Lantern hands and then picks up this huge, I think it's like a, a lamppost or something like that, just rips it out of the ground, stabs it right in the eyeball of Shimagoras, and then rips the eyeball right out. And I'm just like, whoa, that was surprisingly gruesome, even for like a, a beast battle. Yeah, I, I don't care for eye stuff. Like, like if, if you're going to do eye stuff like in Thor Ragnarok, don't make me see the eye, anything happen to the eye. You know <laughs> what? I'm like, actually, Ugh. I don't particularly, it's, it's funny, like, Eye violence it grosses me out, but also I'm like, I also kind of like it in a body horror sense. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm into it, but I'm also not into it. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Uh, also, like, there's a point where America Chavez like stomps and like her foot makes a, um, her foot makes like a star-shaped impact that 
kind of breaks the ledge she's standing on. Yes. Um, but what else? Uh, yeah, and the, you know the fight is pretty standard wizard fair. Um, I had that, had that bus scene. Strange cutting the bus in half that I've, I've, I've been seeing that shot so many times in the trailer. So once it came out, I'm just like, yep, I saw that already. And I, well, I'm just like, man, Marvel really has it in for buses. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just after like Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, Eternals. Eternals. This. Um, it's just like, no, public transportation is bad. <laughs> but, um. And then after, I mean, after the battle, oh, yes. But then I was just also thinking about in uh, the the Teen Titans, like original Teen Titans cartoon show, where Raven just kept throwing buses at everything. Maybe it's just a comic book thing. Oh yeah, it, it's 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 strange. Also, it is kind of like well, buses. I feel like they're also just huge objects, and some typically they usually have lots of people inside. So to also, I feel like the plot devices, you know, with superhero battles, yeah, it's easy to be like, hey. So danger is happening here. Let's save let's save the bus passengers. Yeah. Um so And then after battle it's strange Wong in America they get to talking and well, they, they 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 do the right thing that any New Yorker should do, which is they take her out for pizza. <laughs> yep, yep. Because if you go if you have a friend that lives in New York City and they don't take you to their pizza place, they have failed you That's and your physical wasted. Um, cause as I, I live, you know, in Jersey, I'm like a train right away from the city. So like, I'm, I'm used to good pizza, but like, um, but yeah, the, but here's another quick thing. Did they just leave the monster body there? I, I think they might have, it definitely did not show them making any effort cleaning things up. I mean, unless... Unless it's just the movie just cuts away while while Strange and Wong use their magic to disintegrate the body and repair stuff, but I don't know. I mean, damage. We do know damage control exists in this universe, so that that's, probably, that's probably that's probably the uh, damage control got a monster pickup on like East Forty Fifth. All right, bye. <laughs> Click. <laughs> and and. So, it, and then also on uh, when they when they go out for pizza also they bring up Spider Man for a bit which also it was a bit that I liked a lot this movie wasn't it wasn't really aiming to be funny this was a moment though where I was laughing at it and they were, and and they're questioning like wait can't Spider Man shoot webs out of his butt and even <laughs> and even Strange is like honestly I don't want to know but this this mm, that it must have just happened because at the end of no way home it's christmas oh yeah that's right i, I didn't it, think about that actually but yeah it just had to happen yeah probably i don't know maybe a few weeks after i would say i would say yeah i'm, I'm kind of wondering if like there there has to be at least one new yorker who saw schumacher happens like same shit as always <laughs> i know, <laughs> you know it, it, it I feel like yeah, there's so much crap that happens in MCU. It, it, it even reminds me of that moment when when Andres Killian in Iron Man three, what, what, wasn't he wasn't he like oh yeah I should have hit the fan after Thor after after that guy with the magic hammer fell out of the sky. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean it, it for me it's like the Star Trek time travel thing, 
where you're following one spaceship that's time traveling constantly and you're like but there's other spaceships out there so this must be happening a lot more than we think it is oh yes so there's definitely other world ending events happening while dr strange is dealing with his world ending event or at least other supervillains. Well, that's the thing, because we also haven't had any references to what happened at the end of Eternals yet. I mean, come on, you had an entire Celestial just frozen as it was rising out of the Earth, and you're t- and so far we haven't had any references in Spider-Man No Way Home, or Multiverse of Madness, or Miss Marvel. We gotta have a reference to that sometime, even just a simple news report. Yeah, just like, by the way, shipping lanes have to change because there's a statue? in the ocean now also new thermal new uh geothermal vents are opening up at the bottom of the ocean can we use them yes or no um so yeah so um america explains she is she travels the multiverse Mm -hmm. she can't control her powers only you can use when she's terrified yeah um and uh, the Shimagoras was what was working for a demon and trying to, uh, to abduct her because yeah, again, she has power to travel between parallel universes. And they're looking for the, the book of Trishanti now, and it's the antithesis of the dark hold. Yeah, um, and they but then they both realize, oh, there were runes on that monster. And Oh, don't forget not... the corpse. We also get the corpse of Defender Strange. Oh yeah. Um also you know, Doctor Strange is getting hassled by people. They're like, "Can I take your picture?" And he's like, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm working now." That was a really good moment. It's, it passes by so quickly, but I'm like, "Yeah, have this," and it, it all, that also makes the world feel more believable. Where it's like, "Yeah, of course, superheroes would have to deal with this all day." Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the she they're like, "Prove you're from a different universe," and she's like, "By the way, here's a corpse." Yep. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and, and the corpse has a little the ponytail. And we also learned that dreams are windows into the lives of our multiversal selves. And so that's when we get like stuff like, oh, like Wong apparently dreams about running naked from a clown. And this dream. I'm there with you, Wong. I've had dreams like that before. <gasps> um. And so America's about to camouflage, and then yeah, you're in the room, which means witchcraft. This is actually, I think, one of my favorite lines in the movie, where they're like, what do we do about him? And Strange uses his magic to bury the corpse of Defender Strange. And Wong's like, that's definitely going to uh, to violate some housing codes. And uh, Strange is like, eh, I've buried worse. I'm like, what? <laughs> what could be worse? <laughs> I know. It's like, I mean, maybe giant, I don't know, giant beasts from other dimensions. Or maybe other people from other dimensions. Maybe living people. Also, I mean, this will no longer be a problem later in the movie, but say he didn't come back for that, because the garden is clearly stoned up for, like, the fall and the winter. Yeah. Come spring, somebody's just going to uncover a corpse. <laughs> like, what the hell? Anyway, um, so he goes to see... He goes to see Wanda. Yep. And WandaVision team plays. I love that moment. Yeah. Um... Wanda is having a dream of her very annoying children. Betty and Tommy, yes, yes. I, I'm... <laughs> She's like, I named you after two of the bravest men I knew, Tommy and Billy from the Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> One day, 
One day I'll have another child, a daughter, and she will be Kimberly. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, and then Wanda's pruning apple trees in her orchard when Strange finds her. Yeah. And um, this, is, this is an interesting an interesting thing where he's like, look, I, you know, I could have gone to, like, he's like, I need an Avenger. And she's like, why not go to any of the other Avengers? And he's like, well, I need one that's very powerful and not one of the uh, bug, bug-based bug ones. No, the bug thing can fight it or an archer with a mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which is also like, man, that is kind of condescending and strange. I mean, it would be really funny to bring Hawkeye in on this. Just like, Hawkeye's like, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> arrow, 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 just send me home. I mean, come on, yeah, our Hawkeye, he was just recently dealing with uh, just Chaxi's Mafia. I mean, and, and then also uh, Kingpin. I mean, you know, this, he had crap going on during Christmas. Yeah, but like, Kingpin, you can at least shoot with an arrow. Shumakarev can't shoot with arrows. Well, even, even then, technically, I mean, the arrows didn't even pierce Kingpin. You know what I mean? But I, what I would love if he has a chart at, like, Avengers HQ, it's just, like, Hawkeye problems and just lists all the things he can shoot with arrows and then all the things he can't shoot with arrows. Oh, He's like, hey, it falls in the second list. I'm not, I'm not in on this. I'm going home. <gasps> I can't shoot supernatural beings of arrows. I'm going home. Um, but, um... But, uh, so, in, in the orchard, so Wanda lets it slip, so she knows America's name. Which I kind of feel like is kind of a cheesy trope. Which I can, I, look, I can go with it because this whole movie, it does delve into this maybe cheesiness. I think with a different movie, I might be a little harsher on this trope. Well, what I like about it is that it's kind of like a, a bit of a... I, I, I fully agree with you that it is a cheesy, old, kind of played-out trope. But what I like about it is that it's a kind of twist on it, where he, she's like, oh, bring America here. I can protect her. And it, then she, Doctor Strange stops, and she looks back. She's like, you didn't tell me her name, did you? And then like she reveals that the... Orchard is actually a blasted hellscape of hex magic. Oof, yes. Um, she puts on her evil Scarlet Witch outfit. And the Dark Hold is now here. The Book of the Damned. Yeah. It corrupts everything and everyone it touches. Yeah, and she's just like, you break the... R-. Another great line is, you break the rules and become a hero. I break the rules and I get punished. That's not exactly fair, is it? And I'm just like, yeah, it isn't fair, Wanda. That is a good quote. Um, and this is this is what I was hinting at at the beginning of the episode, because our our bad guy is trauma, and I'm not into that. Like, it just it just like I you know, and trauma trauma makes people act out in bad like you know in not great ways. A lot of times, it's aimed at themselves. You know, like, drinking too much or, you know, just using substances or just reckless behavior. But I don't like it as a trope for a bad guy. Because it's just like, you know, my like when they get punished, you're just like, well, if maybe somebody just talked to them 
and help them through this, maybe they wouldn't have gone this way, you know? Interesting. So, so that's your problem with the with the, with the, the, the villain for the movie. It's the, the trauma. It's the, the trauma being used as like yeah, the plot device. Yeah, like you know, it's just because it you know it's the same thing as just like using you know certain um, certain mental illnesses in other movies mm. as like you know like this person's a paranoid schizophrenic, and I'm like that's not what makes people. Paranoid schizophrenia doesn't work that way. That person is way more of a danger to themselves than others. So, you know, if if I was in control of this movie, I would have had three Wandas. I would have had you know, 838 Wanda, who's, you know, living her perfect life with her kids, her annoying children. Um, and it, it, it's not the actor's fault. I'm just going to throw this out there. I just think they're ve- the kids are very poorly written in this movie. Like, they're too clingy and, like, not written like real children. Like, real children have personalities. These things, these children's personalities, I love you, mommy! And I'm like, that's not a personality. Like, I get it. They're supposed to be, like, the perfect version of Wanda's kids. But I'm like, give them actual personalities. You have so many comics. And then you have... 616 Wanda who is like you know, is actually tending an, an apple orchard and she's dealing with her trauma and she's coming to terms with it and Strange comes to her and is just like hey there's a kid in danger I need your help and she's like okay cool let me help you I you know as a former mother I care very deeply for children And then you have a third Wanda, which can be the evil Wanda. But, like, just give me one that's dealing with with her trauma, you know, the right way. Interesting, interesting. So, okay, so now, now, again, now it went spoilers, so I'll express my thoughts also on on this, because I, I don't know, I already, I had already heard about uh, before going to the movie. I had already heard people criticize it for uh, retreading Wanda's arc from WandaVision. and people were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is a repetitive arc. You know, we already did this before." And I gotta say, I, I even, I even rewatched WandaVision uh, before the movie, which I'll just give a shout out to that because that's just still my number one favorite uh, MCU series on Disney Plus. I really do love that show. It, the, the finale is really like my only huge problem with it. Otherwise, I think it's great. If the finale had, had stuck the landing, I think it would have been like a five-star show, five out of five-star show for me. But uh, I just feel like WandaVision handled, it just, I, I feel like that handled her, the, the way she was processing her grief over her vision with, more, with much more nuance and much more heartbreak. And whereas here, it doesn't feel, it, it's, not, it's not nearly as nuanced. And it definitely it does feel repetitive again, especially after watching WandaVision. And and I I still feel con- I said I was talking before in the non spoilery section. I still feel conflicted over it because I'm, it's because I'm like okay, are you trying like how you like you know there are some key differences here. Like for, for here, Vision is not Vision is not present. I feel like Vision isn't there to give her support. Also. She's willing. She's going on a much darker path than she did in WandaVision. I feel like WandaVision, she was almost like in a, in a trance while she was in the hex, and she wasn't told, completely aware of her actions 
And then once she realized how everyone in Westview was undergoing psychological torture because of her, she was like, oh shit, I need to stop this right now. And she did. Whereas here, I feel like even though I feel like maybe she's being corrupted a bit by the Darkhold, but for the most part, I believe that she's making like she, she still has she still has, you know, a good amount of her volition. She's still she's still making decisions. And I feel like she yeah, she's still like she she's choosing to, to murder people, to just go on this whole massacre in order to get what she wants. And you know, I can sympathize with her goal. It's just like, yeah, but you're also doing some really terrible things. So I'm I, I don't know, like I feel like some again in some ways this movie is trying to explore her character differently. And I think I, I and yeah, and then also the trauma stuff. Like, you know, I think we want to we want to do have, we want to do have, do have to acknowledge that this movie that just the whole arc that Wanda goes on, it does stem from in the comics when she was it, it does feel kind of misogynist when she was the way she's handled in the comics, when she like especially the comics where she's like, Oh, I'm a mother or I have to protect kids. And it's all about that. And I kind of feel like it's also the same thing here in the movie, where it's also like, it's all about the kid. And there are certain moments I'm like, oh wait, shouldn't you be focusing on a few other things? It's not just the kids. And again, just not, again, not as much nuance as WandaVision. And so that does frustrate me. Yeah, I don't know, like, yeah. I, and, 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 I, and I wonder like, also, uh, what what did you think of WandaVision? You know, I want to get your thoughts on that. I didn't actually watch it. <laughs> I oh. watched kind of hi- I watched kind of highlights of it. Um, interesting, interesting. Yeah, when they started with the, I okay. Well, number one, I I just, I it's I'm only recently getting back into watching serialized TV. Oh. Um. There was, I don't want to get too much into it because it's a bit of a downer, but there was some stuff going on personal in my personal life that I just could not watch, like, long-winded television shows. Like, anything dramatic or whatever, I just couldn't, I just couldn't handle. Sure, so I just started sure. watching, like, YouTube videos. That was, like, my life for, like, three or four years. And, you know, I still went to movies because movies were just, like, two hours. I don't have to think that much about it. Um... So I've only recently got back into things, and like it takes, I kind of had to be hooked immediately. And Wandavision, I'm like, oh, 1950s sitcom stuff, I'm out. And like I know that's a wrong way to look at it because I know it gets better and gets way you know more different. But I just I just couldn't at the time. I'm gonna go back. I've been wa- I've been working my way back through. I watched Loki. I watched uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, and I'm going to give Wandavision another shot. Yeah, yeah I, I can understand that, but yeah, w- when you're able to, definitely, I would definitely recommend yeah watching WandaVision. Like, I, I know what happens. Like, I know, you know, oh, yeah, sure. like, she's dealing with Vision being gone and her hex takes over town. I actually had to, like, quickly read the entire plot synopsis because my sister, who's not as big of a Marvel fan as I am, didn't watch any, but yeah, she, she loves movies, but and she'll see everything but she just is like i don't have time for marvel's nonsense she's just like what's westview what are they talking about and i'm like blah 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 I'm like this is what happened she's like good thanks like <laughs> texting her in the movie theater um but i mean the thing is just it's just like with wanda you know i yeah like i, I do agree with a lot of people you know what you're saying of like it's a retread of the whole vision thing like 
just give her other stuff to do. Yeah, and, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I feel like you know, because in the comics, you know, Wanda is a very complex character, and you know, it's it's not like she's heroic all the time. But all the times when she is outright villainous, I think there's a way to explore that, and and definitely a way to explore that in the MCU. And I think if, if there was, I guess, the three Wanda, the three Wanda option, that could have been interesting to navigate. Well, just, it also, for me, it bumps up the threat level. Because, like, Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch are two of the most powerful, if not the most powerful, Avengers. You know, for non-strength-based Avengers. Well, yeah, I was, you get... I was actually saying earlier, a Superman syndrome. I actually think Wanda is getting very close, you know, was getting very close to Superman syndrome there. Yeah, like, and then, you know, if you give them a threat that can then challenge both of them at the same time, that's, like, that's a viable threat. You know, because my thought was just, like, it's the third Wanda in my thing is just kind of sapping um, magical powers from everybody she meets to make herself this, like, unstoppable juggernaut who is just like, I will have all this power and I will not, nothing will be, ever be able to bet, no, nothing bad will ever be able to happen to me or my children or my husband ever again. And I, and I will, like, stop death itself. You know, so she wants, like, America Chavez's power is, like, the ultimate last piece. Because then she can just go through the multiverse, gaining power from everyone. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, the third Wanda in my, in, in my rewrite of Doctor Strange would be have the powers of Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch. Ooh. And, you know, it's just too much for the both of them. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. So, that'd be nice. Yeah, so, you know, but, the and the thing is, just like, once again, with the trauma thing, it's just like, I have a friend who um, lost his mother uh, when he was very young, about the same actual age, actually, as Bruce Wayne, um, when Bruce Wayne's parents got gunned down, um, and he that he's always had a problem with Batman because of that, where he's like, it's not, you're not always Batman, Like, some days, yeah, you're Batman. You're angry. Like, you know, that happens. But, like, a lot of days you're just doing fine. You're doing okay. Like, you know, and that's how I feel about Scarlet Witch. It's just, like, people don't just... People, even in traumatic situations, do have good days. And they do, like, your body can't be sad all the time. So... That's interesting. I feel like because trauma is often used as a trope, definitely, for all all characters, like both superheroes and supervillains, especially in the comic books, you know, as their motivations. Yeah, like... So yeah, I just thought it was just like a cop-out to use Scarlet Witch's trauma once again as a bad thing. I'm just like, just get her... Like, how about somebody... How about we just get a a psychologist, get zapped with a ray, and it's just like... Wanda, tell me how this makes you feel as they're, like, fighting. And she gets a breakthrough. And is like, come back next week. We only fall for 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't tell, I've been to a lot of therapy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Handled, uh, handled character of Wanda a bit differently. But, again, if that had been... If that had been fixed, you know, my score would have been higher for the movie. Yeah. But... And so then we cut to Camotage, where everyone is preparing for a battle with Wanda, who is now becoming the Scarlet Witch, and 
We've also got the Sorcerers from London and Hong Kong, Sanctums, uh, joining in. And there's also a Minotaur, a Minotaur who's there as well. Just there. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Like, what, what, yeah, was he from, what, was the Minotaur from Hong, Hong, Hong Kong or London or maybe somewhere else? Who knows? Was he, was, was he already at the <laughs> And also, Doctor Strange is like, when did the Minotaur, sh- it would have been great if he's like, when did the Minotaur show up? It's just like. <laughs> that would have been nice. <laughs> just like some acknowledgement of it. Just be like, oh, there's a Minotaur here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I, I forgot to mention an earlier moment when Strange uh, failed to bow to Wong earlier in New York. So then here at Camotage, uh, the. So, 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 so bastards for the London and Hong Kong sanctums bowed to Wong, and then he says to Strange, it's ancient custom. Yeah. And, um, then, and, then, and then Wanda comes in and she's gonna, she, she's gonna do battle with Camotage. And we, also, we do have a bit of dialogue between her and Strange, and she's like, this is me being reasonable. Yeah. Um, she's like, and he's like he floats back down and Wong's like, Good job. He's like, Hey, I did my best, okay? I did not roll real I did not roll real well my persuasion rolls. Have you seen my charisma score? Real uh, <laughs> I have a negative five. Um And then Wanda is levitating around, he's shooting he's trying to shoot out the camotage. It, it, I feel like this is definitely one of the more MCU esque battles that's like, okay, we've seen it, we've seen this before. You know, energy blast. Uh, you know, force fields, all of that. But so it's a great moment where she ends up messing with one of the sorcerer's heads, like like an Age of Ultron. And I love how the camera works. How how it's like, oh, she just pops right out behind this guy, and she's in his head and tells him to run. And then she sneaks back behind him again and disappears. I love that little camera trick. Yeah. Um. And then we get the long line of fort sorcerers fortify your mind. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy runs and he's like, and I need to knock bump I need to knock, Yeah, I need to knock down as many people as I can on my way out of here. Yeah, create a huge gap and then that's when Wanda is able to just blast right in and kill a whole bunch of sorcerers. I mean we also see one just disintegrate right before our very eyes. Yeah. Um so they uh they retreat into the you know Inner sanctums of Kamaltage. Um, Wanda starts walking in. She gets trapped in this kind of mirror thing. Oh my gosh, I love this scene. This is also one of the great, like, visually, you know, just visually captivating moments of the movie. This glass prism and the back holds, and then, like, all the spikes pop up around her. And then she ends yeah. up, like, just, like, sinking her hand into the glass. Yeah, and they realize she's going to start using the reflections. Yep, and two people, so, two other people already like drop into the puddles. Yeah, a um, lot of puddles in this area. Yeah, <laughs> that's that like, that's, uh, that's convenient. I, like, I don't want to be one of those like cinema sins people, <laughs> but like it's just like one of the things. I'm just like, why are there so many puddles? <laughs> um, she eventually, uh, America looks into a puddle. She sees an eye. Then America, uh, Wanda starts coming out of a gong. Um, I know, I love this. And, and, and I love how, like, even the way she moved. It's so, like, it's almost like body horror. Like, her body's so distorted. And, it's, and she got to, like, red energy 
you know, creeping out of her. And I feel like, like, this, this is one of the moments where I feel like the movie gets horror-esque because of the way she's portrayed like a monster. And there are other moments like this as well, where she's moving like, like, like a demon or a ghost or like some supernatural entity that wants to consume humans. Well, I think what happened, um, what for me, what they were hinting at is that she basically, like, you know how, you know, in movies and whatnot, people like, here, break my thumb and I'll be able to slip out of these handcuffs. Yep. Like, I think she was trapped in that spike area. So she's like, okay, I need to start contracting and breaking my body like Ooh. a snake to get through here. And like her coming back together is just like, man... We also see her fingers are turning black from the dark hold yep, and using yep. it. Yep. So she beats the crap out of Wong. Um, oh. And it, she throws him across the room in a move that you're like, if he was a lesser character, that would have broken his neck. Oh, yes, but nope. He's, he's, one, of, he's one, of the main, one of the main heroes. So it's like, nope, he's got to stay alive. So he's just knocked out, which is also not good for you. Uh, <laughs> and then Wanda tries to suck out America's magic, but she opens the portal behind herself, and Strange like jumps at her and falls into the portal with America, leaving Wong behind as Wanda. And Wanda's like, that's your answer to everything. <laughs> get, get a new move, kid. Um, so they fall, and this is where we get the really trippy scenes. Yep. Um, She's shooting through several dimensions, including a cartoon one. We've got this futuristic white one. A, a paint one. It has one of playing one of one of classical music playing over it. There's a nineteen like thirties one where like some old timey music plays and you can see a zeppelin. Oh that might yeah, that might be that might be the classical music one I was talking about. And oh a jungle one as well. There's also an oh, underwater underwater dimension. Yeah. Um and they pop in and I'm really just going to throw this out. I'm, I've talked so much shit about this movie. Like, not so much shit, but, like, I'm going to point out, I really like that whole that whole sequence. I thought it was really good. Me too. I, again, um, I, I want to see more stuff like this. Let's get more visually just weird like this, you know? Also, yeah. it is too bad. I feel like... Well, movie just called The Multiverse of Madness. We only spend a significant amount of time, and if I recall correctly, three dimensions... Yeah. Okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Now that we're now that you've brought that up, I'm gonna go full full bore on it. <laughs> um, like I I what I really wanted was. Okay. Did you watch Crisis on Infinite Earths? No. Eight? No. Although I am I'm watching season two of The Flash at the moment. Okay. Well, they do something kind of like that. Where they go everywhere, Ooh. like if it's if it's a live action, if it's a live action DC property, it's getting a cameo. Ooh. Titans, um, Titans, Doom Patrol. Oh wow, Lucifer. Lucifer. Yeah, he he technically is the Lucifer from the DC um, Universe. Oh, that's right. Wow, from Sandman. Which I really think that I don't. I haven't watched Lucifer, but if they don't incorporate the goth version of Death, they wasted their time. Um, but they also have Burt Ward. Um, oh, he's like walking wow. his dog, and he looks up at the sky. He's like, "Holy Armageddon's!" And then he disappears. Oh, they actually they they reference Smallville too. Holy and crap. I was just. 
yeah, and I was just like, they should have done something like that with this. And, like, you know, maybe, like, just cut to a Peter Parker that's wearing the dumb outfit from the Spider-Man animated TV show series. <laughs> you know, the, like, black jacket over pink shirt and jeans. Um, or, like, just give us, like, one X-Man. Like you have the rights now, just give us an X Man. Oh, the X Man! I can't wait for the, I can't wait for a guy's movie to come into MCU. Yeah, like that. Okay, and should, yeah, and that's well. Okay, when we get to the Illuminati, I'll bring up my main complaints with that. Okay, <laughs> like, but yeah, so yeah, I fully agree with you. Like, I wanted other, like other dimensions, and it also felt with everything everywhere all at once. I don't want to spoil that movie because the less you know about it going into it but you do get like literally hundreds of different Michelle Yeohs in that movie Ooh. and you know it, it's just like it's just wonderful seeing her playing all these different roles and like you see one you're like well that's just normal Michelle Yeoh like she's very elegant and like living this high life of like being an excellent actress you know yeah. um but yeah, like that's this is why like it it kind of multiverse of madness did not live up to like how good as everything everywhere all at once was. Yeah, and, I, like, I these, see that. The, and like also these Doctor Stranges aren't that different from each other. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think I uh, see. I think that's kind of interesting because the movie does point out later on how they're basically all the same. Which yeah. I think is kind of an interesting thing to play with. It's kind of like oh, like. To different, different multiversal versions of one person. Like, are they all different or are they all the same? You know, because we, we already dealt with multiversal craft and Loki, and we had, like, oh, there's Loki, but then there's also a woman version of him named Sylvie. And then we also have, like, the Richard E. Grant version of him, and then we have the, the kid Loki, and then we also have the, the black Loki, and the crocodile Loki, or the alligator Loki. I keep I keep mixing them up. Crocodile or alligator Loki. Yeah. But. Yeah, so so yeah, uh, so, so after that, then we then we go into the other. Then we go into kind of like a. I feel like this dimension kind of looks like it looks like six one six, except so this is H V H, but it look, it's like a more futuristic version of it. And then I like how strange it's like, oh you know he's like oh I've gone on trips I'm okay, but then he vomits after a few seconds. <laughs> so it's like oh no clearly you're still affected by the. The, the teleportation sickness. Oh, uh, this is just something I want to point out um, that I really did. It didn't make sense to me, but it, because, you know, okay. So America Chavez is wearing a pride pin on her, the lapel of her jean jacket right, the yeah, entire I, movie. Yes, I know this, yeah. And I was like, that's a nice little reference to the fact that, you know, she's, I, b I believe, either bi or lesbian in the comics. I think, I, uh, lesbian. I was actually just, just, just looking up her bio. And the, then, uh, but then my stupid, dumb, I don't want to be Cinema Sins, but I was like, wait a minute, where'd she get that pen? <laughs> like, did she go to, I was like, is there another crappy earth out there where, like, people need to, like, you know, where, like, gay rights are still, like, a contested thing, and it sucks. You know what? <laughs> I can I can easily believe that, unfortunately. Yeah, like, people just, like, if Doctor Strange is pretty much the same thing, 
like in another world like yeah people are still bigoted and terrible i'm like okay i can that makes sense in this world full of wizards <laughs> yes. and but, yeah 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 so that so that happens and then also we also learned that america ha- so america is like she's worried because now it's like oh I have not been able to find myself in any of the other dimensions I've been to. And she mentions, like, what? She's going to, I think, 72 or 73 dimensions, including this one. Which is mm. interesting. That's, that's weird. Like, you haven't been able to find yourself. So now she's your... I think... So also, okay, here's here's another problem I have with the movie. I forgot to mention this earlier. I feel like I was trying to... I, was, I feel like the movie wanted me to connect with America because it's like, oh, she's lonely and she's dealing with her powers. She doesn't have full control over, over them. And she's trying to grow, evolve, you know, she's, and I just feel like the movie didn't really flesh out her character. It would, she felt much more like, oh, she's a plot device. She's just here for her powers, but we're not, but the script isn't giving her enough character meat. And it's really frustrating because I, I just really did not care about America that much. And I, I hope, I hope when she, I, I know she's going to pop up, pop up in the future in the MCU. And I hope this will be a situation where when she goes off to other different parts of the MCU, we'll be able to connect with her much more easily. So that that was also, I think, it's this and then the way Wanda's handled. These are the two biggest issues in the movie for me. Well, that, like, also going back to um, my three Wanda script, my spec, my three Wanda spec script, it would then be Scarlet Witch in the Multiverse of Madness, and it would focus on the relationship between Scarlet Witch and America Chavez. Because, yeah, I fully agree with you that America Chavez is not utilized fully in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, focusing in on Doctor Strange is really where this movie kind of falls apart for me. I'm just like, I don't care about Doctor Strange. I care about this dimension-hopping girl who's just like, hey, I miss my mom's. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry you don't get to date the, the red-headed doctor lady. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's difficult because this movie is called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So, you know, Doctor Strange, she is the eponymous protagonist. But also, it's just like, you know, and again, I do think there are some, there are some intriguing ways that this movie different character moments. But I'm also like, but also, can you devote the same amount of time to Wanda and America? Also, I would say it's tough because this movie is only like two hours and I think six or seven minutes long. It's not like a two and a half hour thing. And I will give it credit for being able to keep it to two hours because it's a lot, I feel like that's a lot better than just dragging things on and being bloated. You know, like I recently watched Blade Runner 2049 and that was like two hours and 45 minutes long. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so slowly paced. And I had so many other issues with Blade Runner 2049. Oh, also, by the way, Alligator Loki. I just want to confirm it's Alligator Loki, not Crocodile Loki. But okay. yeah, so it's just... And and also Sam Baby, he did talk. He didn't also apparently say that there's about like forty minutes of deleted scenes from this movie. Yeah, almost almost forty minutes of additional scenes were cut from the film during post production. So on as one on the one hand, I'm like, okay, what was in those scenes? You know, was there anything essential that could have beefed up the story for any for for Strange, Wanda, and or America? But on the other hand. You know, if, if they had to be cut, you know, Raimi, from the way Raimi was talking about it, it sounded like there was just fluff, you know? Like, it would it would have just made the movie feel bloated. And if the movie was bloated, that would have dried down my score even further. It's because it's two hours, and I'm like, okay, I'll be a little more lenient towards it. 
Well, the, the, my thing is now that I've seen the Batman, which three hours, a, but I haven't seen it yet. But I have heard people say like just three hours is worth it. It's very like plot dense. Oh, it, it you don't it doesn't feel like three hours. Really? Like I sat I sat through that movie and like it ended. I'm like, what was it? That that was three hours long. <laughs> like it didn't doesn't feel like that at all. And I'm just like, now that I've seen that done so masterfully, I'm like, they probably could have done this, but you know. Disney gonna Disney, Marvel gonna Marvel. And that's the thing, because I like I'm not against long movies. Like, you know, Inception is two and a half hours long. That's my that's my favorite movie, but I don't care I'm okay with the runtime because that's a movie where it's like, okay, every scene is in this is essential and it doesn't feel like two and a half hours long. So if a movie can make use of its time and if it moves at a fast pace and it's or like not even it doesn't have to be fast paced necessarily, it just has to feel like all the meat is necessary for this narrative to be told. And if you can keep me engaged the whole time, then I'll be more, much more forgiving towards, you know, a two and a half hour or three hour runtime. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, it's like, I just feel like, you know, we've seen Doctor Strange in a fair amount of these movies, and he's always a delight when he's a supporting character. You know, like he makes a lot of his, his scenes in Thor Ragnarok. He yeah, makes a big impression. He makes a big impression when he's a business, like when he's doing his business and he's kind of cold and kind of shitty, <laughs> you know, like I'm into it. I think that's really fun. Definitely. But like when you try and open him up to like, oh, he still is carrying this torch for Christine Palmer. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. I have not, I have not seen Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer since Doctor Strange 1, and I don't, I'm going to quickly look up when Doctor Strange 1 came out. And I'm In like, 2016, maybe, or 2015? Yeah, I'm just like, Something I don't that. give, I, I cannot care about, about, yeah, 2016. So that's like six years ago. Like, I, like who still cares? <laughs> you know, Doctor Strange shouldn't care anymore. Like, and it's just like, He's a superhero. He has people coming up to, like, take his picture with him. Like, he should just move on. You know, like, Thor Thor doesn't have a love interest in Thor Ragnarok, and it's the most interesting Thor has ever been. Yes. <laughs> like, like, stop trying to make me care about the... Christ- I, I don't ship Christine and Doctor Strange. Yeah, I, I, ship don't really, Dr. St- I don't really care for them either. Again, uh, I... Again, I like I'm I, I, I just want to say it again. I like kind of like the character moments where it's like, oh, Strange is kind of like accepting by the end of this movie that he and Christine just don't work out. And it seems like they don't work out in a lot of these universes. He just has to come to terms with that. And he has, just has to move on with his life. And maybe, you know, they can still be friends, you know. But obviously nothing's going to happen between, between them, especially since she's not married in his, in his dimension. I think there's something, there's something compelling about that. But at the same time, it's not like I'm I'm not full I'm not nearly as invested in it as I am and say, you know, like just something random, like the the, the the dynamic between Wanda and Vision, specifically how they're portrayed in Wanda Vision, you know? Yeah. Like you know, it's just I don't know. Like I've I've seen characters like love interests in Marvel movies with greater chemistry, like Peggy Carter and Captain America. Oh yeah, Pepper the, Potts, the good too, actually. Yeah. 
Pepper Potts and Tony Stark. Um, you know what? Pepper, Pepper Potts and Tony Stark. I actually, actually like them. I actually like them a lot as well. Even even though I feel like, I still feel like Pepper gets sidelined a lot. I do like the dynamic between them. And then yeah, Loki and Sylvie. They're also interesting too. Yeah. Well, the thing like the thing is with Pepper and Tony is they feel like they're they're on equal footing. Like she is giving it back just as much as he's giving it. You know. Yes. Yes. So anyway. Um, yeah, so so then back to the movie. Yeah, so we've got those multiversal rules that America introduces. There's multiversal rule number one: don't assume anything. Which he introduces because Strange believes he can he can he can walk on green. But then it's okay. like, oh, oh no, it's actually stop. It's reverse. Green is stop, and then the red is go. I'm just throwing this out there. I'm really wondering if the writers stole this from the first episode of Sliders, because that is how Jerry O'Connell's character in the first episode <laughs> of Sliders. Realizes he successfully slid. Really? Okay, that's now that's intriguing. Okay. And I don't want to tell you how to run your podcast, but if you want to add a sliders every time I say the word sliders, I don't think it would go amiss. <laughs> <laughs> also, sliders rules. It's a really dumb show, and I really like it. <laughs> Get home, sliders. Sliders. No, Gimli, don't die. Tell <laughs> Rice Davies, no. But, but then we have rule number two. Food is free. And she's like, it's weird that you have to pay for food in your dimension. But yeah, she gets like the pizza balls with the sheets on the outside. And I'm like, wait, don't pizza balls already exist in this world? But I guess not maybe in that exact form. Yeah, and I, I've never really seen pizza balls. Yeah, I thought maybe they existed. I don't know, but but then because then we have to run in with Pizza Papa, who by the way is played by Bruce Campbell, who was in the yep. Evil Dead movies, and it was not, I don't know, even though like I, I'm not I'm not all that familiar with the Evil Dead movies, but I'm like yeah, it's nice nice to see Bruce Campbell make a, a cameo in this. Well, he makes a cameo in every one of Sam Raimi's films. Oh yeah, and he's also the most successful Spider-Man villain in the original Spider-Man trilogy. <gasps> I see Pizza Ball. Let's see, I'm seeing something on the Eric Andre show for Pizza Ball. <laughs> okay, that that um. Okay, this is interesting. Well, actually, if you want to see um the Pizza Balls get made like the way they are, well, if you both actually, um, the show, the YouTube show, binging with Babish, he makes the Eric Andre Pizza Balls. Oh yep, I'm looking. I'm seeing this right now. Yep. And the ones from Doctor Strange. Oh wow. Oh, these look these look scrumptious, actually. Yeah, don't don't look too hard, man. Like when you uh, when you look at uh, the binging of Babish thing, you're just like, oh god, look at all this delicious food that I can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> but and then yeah, so again, you have to run in with Pizza Papa, and Pizza Papa is like, hey, you need to pay for the food. And then strange, I feel like in definitely one of his more shittier moments, he just forces. <laughs> Pizza Papa to squirt the mustard in his own face and then punch himself, and his curse will last for the next three weeks. Like, How dare you demand we pay for your own food? I mean, I guess if you want to, if you're trying to, like, maybe the mustard thing is fine. Let's just, just like get a, just get away. Like you know, if you don't, if you, if you really don't want to pay for the pizza balls for some reason, but do you really have to do the whole punching thing? I mean, that just seems kind of really cruel. You know, you know what that reminds me of. I remember crappy dudes when Captain Marvel came out. They were all like, "Oh, Captain Marvel steals a steals a motorcycle just because that dude was talking like crappy to her." Oh, how dare a woman act this way? 
yeah, how dare she? And I'm like, do we not remember, do we not forget in Captain America Civil War when he steals a truck that then gets blown up? <laughs> <laughs> and as, and also, I was talking to my friends about this as a New Jerseyan. It's kind of messed up that apparently in Captain America Civil War, they just drop a missile on New Jersey and everybody's cool with it. Oh, man, you know what, Civil War? I have a lot of complicated feelings about that movie in general. And I'm just like, huh. It's weird. Like, it's weird that Tony Stark just really just basically blackmailed Peter Parker and this whole thing. And we never deal with the ramifications of that. And we never deal with... Well, I feel like Spider-Man should have been like, oh, you know what? Tony Stark was totally wrong this whole time. Because he was like that in the comics, actually. He was like, oh, he ended up going against Stark in the comics and siding with, with, uh, with Cap. Yeah, um, I just realized I misspoke. Uh, New Jersey gets bombed in, in Winter Soldier, and Cap steals oh. the truck in Winter Soldier. Okay. But I fully agree with you what, what you said about Civil War. Yep. <laughs> so that point still stands, yes. But okay, yeah. Winter Soldier, that's a movie I love. One of my, one of my favorite uh, MCU movies. Yeah. Um, okay, so they arrive at Bleecker Street. They see a statue outside of uh, the uh, Sorcerer Sanctorum. And it says, um, dedicated to Doctor Strange, who died fighting, uh, who died fighting Thanos. Oh, yeah, and I was like, huh, okay, so what happened here? And also, before that, they also had Memory Lane, just like a quick scene where it's like, oh, Strange has a me- sees a memory of him and Christina dinner. And then we also have the memory with America and her moms, as she all gets sucked into a portal after being frightened America. And I, guess, and I guess this was the first time she made a portal. And I'm like, really, a bee? And not even like a wasp, or I think it was a bee. It could have, I guess it could have been a wasp, but I thought it was a bee. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I get I get that as a kid. Like, you know, you see a bee, and you're like, I'm going to die if this thing stings me. And, like, you know, my thing is just like, wow, putting those two memories up side by side really points out which is the more interesting memory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this already turbo-rich guy getting a watch... Or a girl watching her moms get sucked into a portal for her to never see them again. And we don't One even know. Like, more... The moms could be dead. I feel like I feel like we might have a thing later on, but it turns out the moms are indeed alive. I feel like that could be a whole narrative to explore. Well, if they're not, we're falling for a uh, falling for a pretty big trope. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So also a, a two for trope. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, so it's a, it's a, so actually so. So this is really, you know, finally, you know, we have some clear representation in this movie, and I feel like the MCU is slowly getting getting better with that. And it's not like it's not like we see them, it's not like we see them actually kiss, you know, like with internals. But you know, the reference of two moms in this, and like, do you have any thoughts on this, on the queer rep? Oh, I think it's. I think there should be more of it. I think that like, I am. Every time they're like, here's our new new superhero, as long as it's not a straight cishet white dude, I'm into it. <laughs> like, yeah. when, when I was growing up, I remember watching like Batman and or like just reading comics. I'm like, why are all these why are these superheroes dudes? This is so boring. <laughs> like you know, like um there's an there's a Spider-Man from India now. Bring him into into the spider-verse Ooh, yeah. there's like you know um they're like miss miss marvel is like our first muslim superhero i was like hey when x-men comes along bring in dust yeah. bring, oh they keep you know now that we have um what's his name dane from eternals 
getting his grandfather's sword and becoming the Black Knight, there is a super cool Muslim superheroine um, who, she's a mutant, and she is able to basically pull things apart and look at their, like, she's a doctor, and she's able to pull things apart and look at, like, the individual thing, so she uses that, like, as a doctor, like, oh, oh, that's what that's going on. All right, bring it back together. And she also wields Excalibur. Ooh, no, that's a neat ability. You know, like, there's so many, go- like, yeah, I am always into more diversity, more, like, yeah, let's change up the MCU. Like, let's bring in, like, as much rep as we can. Yes. And, you like, know, as much, and, and you know, there are a lot of times where I'm like, I, well, I am unhappy with Disney, but I am glad that Disney stuck to the guns and was and kept the scene in the movie because Saudi Arabia ended up ended up ban- banning the, the movie from being shown and you know but it's like because because they're like oh no we can't have any any queer rep being in being in theaters so they banned the movie it's, it's just like it's, it exists just deal with it like who cares yeah you know and it happens in other movies too like I think now I think for for Star Wars I think for the Rise of Skywalker Disney did cut out uh, to kiss between the two women at the end of the movie to show to show it in countries like that that banned that banned queer content like Russia or China or Saudi Arabia. Well, it's it's still like it's only like a like a three second kiss, and you immediately cut to that slug looking like upset by it, and I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. But yeah. Yeah. So, so after yeah. that, so yeah. So after Memory Lane, and then also we see the statue, and then we learn that H three H Mordo is the master of the sanctum. And for a second, I was confused because now, now it's like, okay, wait, he's being friendly to Strange. And I actually saw for a second that this was the Carl Mordo we've been we've been with in the first movie. But then we have this very quick scene where I think Strange mentions like, oh, he went on this whole quest to kill me, and then it seems like. Wait, so what happened to Mordo then? Is he dead now? Like, I mean, it was if, that's if, unclear. If the, if he came to blows with Doctor Strange, and that's how do- all Marvel Marvel heroes deal with their villains, he's probably dead. Yeah, I think yeah. So that just that definitely felt un- unfinished, and I don't know something about that bugs me. Like maybe I don't know, maybe adjust that a bit because we've had a whole oh. setup at the end of the movie. It's like, oh, Mordo is like. He's sucking the magic out of Pangborn. And it just seems like it was really setting him up to be like a main villain. Yeah, and then they're like, oh no, we need to we need to multiverse madness this thing. Yeah, and and also I do wonder like I know the schedule was changed up because I heard before before COVID, Multiverse of Madness was actually scheduled to come out before Spider-Man No Way Home. But then COVID came in and obviously had to shift up the whole schedule. So it does make me wonder, like, okay, so what, what little details would have been changed if Multiverse of Madness came out came out before No Way Home? Yeah. And then yeah, so <sighs> now Mordo is guarding this universe of Darkhold and the Sanctum Sanctorum, and we get this great little scene where he explains the spell of dreamwalking, which is projecting your consciousness into an alternate version of your body and a different universe. And just the way that the cross fading into the scene and the music is playing over it. And apparently, this is meant to be exactly the kind of trick that Sam Amy uses in, in Evil Dead. And I loved it. I, I, I was just like, oh, I can, I can feel the CG horror 80s vibes emanating off of this. 
I'm trying to remember where it happened in Evil Dead. Um, but, oh yeah, I think when um, Ash is reading about the Necromonicon, ne- Necromonicon, and like you see the, the Evil Dead start rising. Which is funny because um, this also has an, an evil book. Yeah. Um, and we see uh, Wanda... Um, she pops into A38 Wanda, and once again, her kids are annoying. Uh, and they're like, look at the stupid play we put on. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know what? I, it, you, you did not like the kids. I also care about the kids, but hey, you know what? I can understand sometimes the, short, the children and stuff can be annoying. For example, I didn't care for a couple of the kids and Obi-Wan Kenobi, is my personal opinion. <laughs> I mean, like, like I said, they're just poorly written children. <laughs> but um, I mean, so, yeah. even even I love also when yeah when when Wanda when six one six Wanda possesses H V eight Wanda, that also plays out like a horror movie. And we have all of the little stuff like, uh, like Wanda's face turning in the photo, or just the objects moving around, or when the lights are flickering, and it's even just the way the camera is framed, it just feels so much like a horror movie, and I love this. Yeah. Um, Cheesy horror, I fully agree. agree. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you on that. Um, and then, like, she sees her in the reflection of the window, oh, yeah, and it's like... That's that that reflection. No, that's, that, oh, it's like, oh, that's a classic trope, but I, I'm all, and I'm all for it. Yeah. Sometimes, th- some sometimes things are tropes because they're just good, you know. <laughs> yeah, you just you just can't beat them, you know. Yeah, like a um, like the the experienced hotshot pilot being like, "We've got company," <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or um, like you bring in your crew of good guys and they're being interrogated, and you cut between them in different interrogation rooms, and they're all giving wildly inaccurate like you know, story thing. Like, th- those things are good because they're just good, you know? And I don't care how many times I see it. I'd be like, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um... And, and then what and then what poison strange in America was the sound of Nasanti infused tea. And the screen... I love how the screen gets all distorted here. Yeah. And uh, also predictable. And... It's like, of course, Mordo's in a poison drum. Of course, it's not gonna help out strange in America. Yeah. Um... And they wake up in glass-encased cells. Um, oh, and at a certain point, I'm just going to throw this out there, uh, the click levitation got hit in the back. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And it's no, it's not currently usable. Mm-hmm. And they wake up, and oh, at 838, Christine is like, hey, guys, uh, we're studying you guys just to make sure you don't have any diseases. And she specializes in multiversal research. Yeah. Um, we're actually in the middle of Central Park, which is probably a really terrible place for to put this uh, this multiverse danger zone. It's too uh, populated, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and also, we I wanted to also say so we also did cut back to Wong because he's being held captive, and there's a whole moment yes. where like the sorcerer stabs a dark hole, sacrificing herself and cutting off Wanda's dream walking, and she tortures source, multiple sorcerers and interrogates Wong. Who just really gives up so quickly that the Dark Hold was a copy. And the original spells are copied into Mount Wondercore, so that's where Wanda will take long. But I'm just like, okay, but shouldn't you have held on a little bit longer to make 
to sac the sacrifice that all your sorcerers made worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess we gotta move it side and all, you know. Maybe he's just like, you know what? I trust in Strange. Maybe if I get her the fuck away from everybody else. <laughs> if I get her if I get her away from Kamotaj and to this mountain, then that that becomes another dimension's problem. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, like um it's between her and whatever god is of that dimension. Um so anyway. And, and, then, and then back to the lab where uh, I think a strange is like, oh, are you Avengers? Are you Shield? And then Water walks in with the Ultron drones. And then Strange is like, Are you Hydra? And then Water was like, No, the the Illuminati will see you now. And I love when Strange says, The Illuminati? <laughs> yeah um and he tells christine uh don't let anybody hurt that kid oh, yeah. and um he tells america like it's going to be okay i'm going to take care of you okay. and then also so, I, like how, I like how the ultron drones are in this because i guess in this in this universe ultron worked it didn't you know become a tyrant that wanted to kill off all humans which explains why vision is not in this universe because the only reason vision came about is because of ultron so, no Ultron going evil, no Vision. That's why Wanda is alone taking care of the kids. Well, if there's no Vision, where do the kids come from? I think she probably just created her kids out of the chaos magic. Alright, I'm, I'm cool with that. I, I, you know, it's not explained in the movie, but that's my reasoning, you know, because she already kind of did that in the comic, so, you know. We're, we're, <laughs> here's my thing where, like, certain people were argue the point of, like, well, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, none of it makes sense. These are comic book movies. Yeah. <laughs> Men fly in these movies. <laughs> that's, that's, that's always my thing, though. I'm going to throw this out there because I don't know how often I'm going to get on a podcast to talk about Marvel stuff. That's always my thing when somebody's like, I don't believe you. My friends and I always like, aliens rained from the sky. Yes, we had a we have we had this purple humanoid being snapped half of the universe out of existence with a gauntlet that had all of these gems on it, the infinity stones. We also we we also have had so many villains. We've had like a villain who wore this vulture suit. We've had a villain who we've had a villain who also was in a well I was gonna say a rhino suit, but that's part of a different I guess universe. But still a rhino yeah. a, a rhino villain exists. Come on. So I think I think I deserve the benefit of the doubt when aliens rain from the sky. <laughs> you know, anyway. Um so our Illuminati is Monica Rambo as Captain America, Captain yep. America, Captain Marvel. Yep. Um Captain Carter, who is from uh Marvel What If. Yep. I'm sure, like, the Ultron bots probably make sense if I watched all of What If, but um, I kind of give up on I that. Don't honestly, I don't think I don't think you need to watch What If to understand the Ultron drones necessarily. I do think it would. I think why Captain Carter is better to watch that to understand her. Also, there's actually a whole episode about Doctor Strange, uh, and What If, where he's like, what, what basically the premise for it is, what if what if he wasn't injured in a car accident. But it was it was actually Christine Palmer who died, and so he goes on this whole quest to try to resurrect her. And I will say, like as much even like even though it's not like the dynamic between Christine and Strange is the most compelling, that episode is actually one of my favorite episodes. And what if it was just really it was really compelling and it's really dark and heartbreaking. 
and that was the thing where like it actually makes me care about the dynamic between them. And I definitely got I I definitely got I, this movie reminded me a bit of that in terms of the darkness that Strange shows and shows himself being capable of and his feelings towards Christine. So yeah, yeah. So, See, I mean, when it's the focus, then it can be interesting. When it's like this, where it's just kind of in the background, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so also yeah, Captain Captain Marvel. I'm really uh, so uh, so spoilers. Spoilers were so hard to avoid for this movie. I knew that I knew that Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, was going to be in this, and with John Krasinski playing him, I knew about uh, Captain Carter. I heard I know I knew about a uh, Black Bolt or Black God Bolton, as they call him. But I'm so glad Captain Marvel cameo was not spoiled to me. I somehow managed to avoid that, so I was just delighted when Lashana Lynch is in here playing Maria Rambo slash Captain Marvel. Oh yeah. Oh, thank you for correcting me. I called her Monica. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, but Mo- Monica, Monica is a daughter. But you know, speaking of which, also excited to see Monica come back in the Marvel with Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers. God, I'm so sorry. I'm just Miss Marvel just makes me so happy because I love that that's the character that New Jersey got. You know? Oh man, I'm really, I'm actually really enjoying this too. It's just look, I enjoy stuff like Moon Knight. You know, Moon Knight gets real gritty, and I, that is a good show in my opinion. But you know, with Miss Marvel, it's just really lighthearted. It's basically what if a teen comedy but in the MCU. Yeah. Like a coming of age story. So where I come where I come from or where I'm I, I'm living, it's a very um like they it we have a very large Indian population. Mm-hmm. And when Captain when Miss Marvel number one came out, I was like, I need to own a copy of this. So I went to my local comic book store. Um and I just walked in. I'm like, can I have a copy of Miss Marvel number one? The clerk gave me the most, are you shitting me look I've ever seen. And he goes, just goes, you really think I could keep that on the shelf <laughs> in this town? I might get some in next week, but we are sold out. And I have reserved copies for about 20 of the ones coming in next week. Ooh. And I'm like, you know what? I'm bummed I didn't get one, but I'm glad to hear that. He, like, it went sold out in, like, an hour, and, like, he had, like, 300 copies of it or something. And I'm like, good. Like, you know, I'm like, really glad that... Yeah, like, that makes me ecstatic to hear, actually, the story. Like, because, you know, like, the, going back to what you were saying about uh, queer rep, like, I'm a cishet white dude. I have all kinds of, you know, any character I can mentally project myself into. I think it's so much more, I think it's so important when, you know, people get characters that they can then be like, that's my hero. That's the one I want to believe in. And like that, that's for me, really, I think I should probably show that said earlier, said that earlier, but like, that's what representation means to me. And that's why it's so important, you know? Yeah. You know, I can connect to that as well. Like, you know, speaking as myself, like a, as a biracial Asian guy, you know, I think I think the first moment I remember feeling connected with someone was when, when I was watching Up, and it has like you know it's got, it's got Russell in there, and that's the first time where I I kind of realized in the back of my head like oh, I don't think I've ever seen an, an, an Asian an Asian boy like me in an animated movie before, and that was nice. It was a nice little moment for me. Yeah, well that's 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 the thing about um, did you hear about what happened with uh short the. Like, like I, excuse me, I don't remember his name. I'm gonna 
look it up. The guy who played Short Round and how he came back for everything. Oh my gosh, world. yes. You know what? My mom, so again, my mom saw the movie. I haven't yet. I'm going to watch it ASAP. Like, but she said she loved his performance. I mean, she loved all the performances, actually, but she loved his performance as well. And it's like, yeah, he's getting an Oscar. I've heard people love his performance in general. It's amazing. Yes. Um, do, do, do. I'm going to probably butcher this name. My apologies. Uh, Kei Hua Yeah, I don't know his pronunciation um, either, unfortunately, but I know who you're talking about, yes. Yeah, but he is the emotional center of that movie, and he's so sweet and so wonderful. And then, like, when they start, you know, doing the, like, multiverse stuff, he kills every scene he's in. Oh. Um, but speaking of killing, <laughs> let's get back to the Illuminati. Yes. Okay, so, so okay, also wait. So before the Illuminati, just also we cut back to Wanda and Wong going to Mount Wondergore. It has Lord of the Rings vibes, and they are, and now they're gonna set up shop there, and they're also some ogres. We're gonna obey Wanda. Also, I feel like the ogres don't really do much in this movie. You know, they get killed off pretty quickly at the end. Well, I, I mean, yeah, like, but the thing is, like, I. There also comes a point where it's like, how many monsters have I seen get killed in movies? I don't need a protracted CGI villain battle. True, like uh, even Shang-Chi. I feel like Shang-Chi delved a bit too deep into the CGI monster stuff, you know? And, yeah, and like, movie, yeah. yeah, I really could have just done with a father-son fight and then maybe the dragon comes out. Like, just like, because... Or, or the, as a beast, like, as a beast that possesses, that possesses Wenwu. So that way, it's still him. Like his body is still there, but he can still have like a monster fight technically. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So that happens. I mean, that's, oh, wait. That, okay. That's my minor. That's my minor complaint for Shang Chi, and also that he wore a shirt for most of that movie. It's like this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime there's a fight, that shirt should come right off. <laughs> yes. It's like when my friends and I went to go see the latest Tarzan movie, like, years ago, with, like, Alex Skarsgård. Oh, yeah, Alexander Skarsgård, yeah, and Marco Robbie, and Christoph Waltz. I remember that movie, yeah. Um, and, that, like, we saw that movie, and, like, it's been 30 minutes, he's still in that shirt, this is nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I'm really into is, is men being sexualized for women. We've had women be constantly sexualized in movies. Oh, yeah. Now it's, now it's men's turn. Yep. Now it's time for men to become pieces of meat for people to ogle. Oh, yes. So anyway. Okay, so, um, oh, yeah, so, yeah, so back to the Illuminati. Uh, again, we meet, we, meet, we meet the members. Uh, they're, they're, they're criticizing Dr. Strange, and they bring up incursions, which is when the boundary between two universes meet, and those universes end up colliding causes a whole bunch of chaos, and they claim the biggest threat to the multiverse is Strange himself. And then, Professor Charles Xavier arrives in his classic yellow chair. Not even, like, not even, like, the, the sleek, you know, silver one we saw in the movies. This is, no, like, this is the classic yellow chair. And they play the 1997 X-Men theme. Oh, yes. And it's like, yeah, now see, comic bookie, you know, you know what? So on moments where I'm like, okay, Stuff can get too bit a bit too comic booky, a bit too comic booky for my taste. But you know what? Here, I I love the comic bookiness. Yeah, I mean, but like, yeah, because I feel like they really were like either Sam Raimi or Disney was just like, we have to go whole hog after, especially after the, what do you want, yellow spandex? 
like in the first X Men movie. Yep. Because oh my god, how good of that? How good a scene would that be when they finally do bring in X Men? Where it's just like, oh, this is the day you get to design your own costume when you join the X-Men. And, like, you know, like, and just the, like, here, here, idiot children, design your own costumes. And, like, you have the, the, the classic Cyclops one where it's just a big white X on blue. And Wolverine's like, I don't know, yellow, <laughs> yellow and blue boots and gloves. And Jean Grey's like, I'm gonna wear a mini skirt and a mask. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, so, so yeah. So we have the whole meeting here, and also we have like so we have a question of like how did how did H H Strange really die, or at least I was asking that, and then we get the answer pretty quickly, where we find out like he had used Darkhold and begun dreamwalking shutting off an incursion that obliterated an entire universe. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, yeah. that seems... I would believe him he would do that. You know, I think both both he and Wanda, I feel like they're both depicted as being kind of like the same person in, in that way, where they both have sympathetic goals. It's just that they end up using shitty ways to achieve them. Well, yeah, I think that... I think it's not an overly stated theme. Well, I think it could have been if Carl Mordo, Carl Mordo was our bad guy in this movie. I think think that's what he was kind of going for at the end. Um, is like magic can fix things, but when you're fixing things, it also destroys things, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a re- that would be a really fun, interesting theme, but they don't kind of go off anywhere on that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that this movie definitely doesn't doesn't try to explore that theme as much as it could have, which is too bad. I feel like that would have been really interesting to explore. But, yeah, so, so that happened. Yeah. And then also, I'm sorry, we, we, also keep, we, we kept coming back to Wanda to want and Wong for some reason, because then Wanda argues with him and then shoves him off the mountain. And she goes back yeah. to the walking. That happens for a bit. But then, yeah. but then back to the Illuminati, and we have like this telepathic vision that Xavier shows of the Illuminati executing Strange after they killed Thanos. And I love that shot where it's just like the double bladed sword just stabbed right to Thanos. Yeah. Um, and they show, uh, uh, I'm just going to call him Black Bolt. Oh, yeah. Just, we don't, we don't um, have to go to like the whole Black, Black, Black God, Orthogon. No, no, Black Orthogon. Yeah, and like he, you know, says sorry, and that kills Doctor Strange. And this this is another minor complaint I have, where I'm like, okay, that the 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 sorry felt a little bit flaccid. Um, because what I was expecting was like the 2014 Godzilla roar. Um, did you see Godzilla in the theaters? Uh. No, the tw- you mean you mean the twenty fourteen one is Brian Cranston? Yes. No, I didn't. I have not seen that yet, though. No. Okay. Why do you mention so, that though? Because I did. I did watch the Matthew Broderick Godzilla recently. <laughs> it was on Netflix, <laughs> and it's gonna leave in July. So I was like, eh, might as well put it on. Makes sense. Um, in the twenty fourteen Godzilla movie, when you first see Godzilla in Hawaii, like he roars at the two other monsters. And it is the loudest thing I think I've ever heard in a theater. And I just imagine the sound designer like shoving the door closed. Like, you have to turn it down. He's like, never! (laughs) It stays at this volume! (laughs) 
And that's kind of what I wanted for Black Bolt. Just like... Enjoy the loudness. But that's the thing. I So I... My interpretation was that Black Bolt is so powerful that if he were to shout, it would actually, like, destroy the Earth. I felt like even a whisper is actually really powerful. That's my interpretation, anyways. Yeah, and I just wanted a bit more, you know? Sure, sure. But also, he was, because he was an Inhuman, and, I, and I, so I haven't seen Inhumans. I just know about his reputation about how it's, like, Inhumans were such a flop. And, like, Marvel Studios has, has pretended Inhumans never existed. So people were really surprised that Black Bolt was in this movie. I don't know, like, did you ever see Inhumans? No, I knew um, Ramsey Bolton was in it, and I was still angry at him <laughs> from Game of Thrones. And I'm like, I know you're just an actor, and I know I'm doing the same thing that probably that led to people spitting on the actors for Cersei and Joffrey, but I am going to do the thing where I don't want to watch this show because you're in it. Also, this show looks really dumb, and it was. Yeah, I only lasted one season, I don't know, like, I feel like maybe I should put it on. I mean, it's on Disney Plus. Maybe I should put it on sometime. I don't know. We'll see. If you want to do like, just throw this out there. I'm having a really fun time. If you want to do an episode about the Inhumans TV show, I will come back and help you tear it apart. <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to, I don't want to force myself on this podcast. But if you want me to, I will come back we'll to, to assassinate the humans. We'll have to see. <laughs> um, anyway, but, of course, also, don't watch that show, because there's a lot other things that deserve to be seen instead of Inhumans, the TV show. Well, yeah, you know, also, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I kind of feel like I want to watch Asian, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. sometime as well. I heard that one gets, it gets bad, and then gets really good. I've heard that, um, too, I've heard that, too, but, hey, you know what, like, Clark Gregg is in it, you know, you got, and, and, and Ming-Na Wen, you know. Just learn that, just bringing that up because we're going all over the place they never brought back colson <laughs> colson's been alive and nobody thought like hey maybe we should tell the avengers still alive though all things especially now yeah, when both of the people detail. now there's only like at this point two people that would still give a shit that he's alive <laughs> Captain America's gone. Tony Stark is gone. But no, and and Hawkeye. Maybe Hawkeye would care. Yes. Yeah, Hawkeye. And then maybe what? What? Would Bruce Banner care? Maybe a little bit. No, I don't really think they interacted. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think Bruce Banner was too busy falling to like you know falling to Earth. Okay, wait, Nick, anyway. Nick Fury. I think Nick Fury would care. I think Nick Fury probably knows already. <laughs> Oh, well, I don't, I, I think, like, he's out in space right now with Talos. I think Sam Jackson is in the first episode of first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wait, I is, think he, he knows. He? Oh, yeah. interesting. Wow. Okay, did not know that. Yeah. Um, anyway, stop <laughs> talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Get back to this very important scene of the first first bit of X-Men and Fantastic Four in the MCU. Okay, so because then we also learned that H.V.H. Strange has built a waypoint to the Book of Vigilante. So we learned that. And then we also learned that Wanda is now breaking into the Baxter building. And then so now the others, so now mostly everyone for the Illuminati, they're going off to handle her, except Xavier, because he's setting, he's going to let Strange go, and he's telling him to grab the Book of Vigilante. And Mordo was just there, like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was just going to throw this out there. Benedict Cumberpatch um, plays a very fun, dickish Doctor Strange. 
<laughs> like when Mordo just gets so frustrated with him. And it's just like, I'm starting to see why nobody likes you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely proud to come about. I really, I really did like, like his performance, actually. I forgot to mention that. But I think he's able to give a good, you know, you know, a good performance both as the 616 Strange. And we also have the, the Sinister Strange who will pop up later on. And in general, like, I've been enjoying it. Like, I, I've been seeing more of him lately and stuff like The Power of the Dog and the Imitation Game. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, you're talented to that good. Yeah. Um, so, and this is, this is my big problem with bringing the Illuminati, is they get murked so quickly. I like that, though. Wait, so you have a problem with it? Well, it's just, like, it, I, I, I can, I can, I think I know why you liked it. Um, and I'm not, that's not, like, I don't mean that to be, like, derisive or, like, looking, like, me looking down on you or anything. Yeah. Like, I can see why people like it. But it's just like for me, I was just like, "Oh, cool! There's all these super powerful people, and they're dead." <laughs> I was like, "What was the point?" <laughs> so I'm sorry, but please tell me why you liked it. So I liked it because one, we get the fan service for a bit. You know, we I don't know, like I, I. It's not like I was particularly rooting for John Krasinski. Like I'm okay with him. I think I, I think I like I like him actually as Reed Richards. I know tons of people were, were this is like, oh, this is the Dreamcast. And so we get that for a bit. Also, I mean, come on, Captain Carter. I mean, especially after watching not only her episode and what it is, but also after watching the two seasons of Asian Carter, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I actually really enjoy not only the character of Peggy, but also, uh, but also Haley Atwell's performance. So it's just really great to have her return for a bit here and also get the fan service for even like LaShawn Lynch. And then we also have Blackboard and then we have Professor X. So we get the fan service for a bit, but then we also show just how ruthless Wanda is when she is possessing, again, possessing the HV8 Wanda and using her body to break into the building, just go through all of these Ultron drones, and then finally just annihilate these superheroes. And it just ups the terror level for her. Also, and it's just like, it's just a really bold decision, I feel like, for the MCU, for Marvel Studios, to be able to do this to some of those superheroes. It's like, it's like we never see this happen. And again, in such a brutal fashion. So, you know, I, that, that, those are my reasons for liking this scene. And just like, even yeah. like with, what happens with Black Bolt, like when she, when she closes his mouth and then he makes a noise and then his, just like, you see the brain matter just blow up and it's like, it flaps over in his head. And I'm just like, wow, yeah. you went for that. <laughs> Yeah, see, and like, I, I'm, I think I'm fifty fifty on it. Where I like, I do fifty percent of me agrees with you. Like, yes, I'm like, it's really cool that they brought all these things in. But then the other part of me is just like, I really liked Captain Carter and they like, cut her in half. You know what? I, I will say, like, you know, that does that did make me feel sad. You know, like that did happen, and then yeah. So and then we also have a Reed Richards. I mean, because then. Wanda just unravels him as she as he leaps for her. She unravels him and then just finally explodes his body. And I'm just like, holy crap, you did that. And also, I'm just like, oh, Reed, you're so cute. Like, you, you're just jumping at Wanda. You actually think you'll be able to beat her. Oh, you're adorable. <laughs> you know what? I, um, I did like that bit of um, dialogue between them. Where... Oh, man. Yes, this is good. So, yeah, you can recap it, yes. Yeah, um, are you, do you have children? Yes, I do. Um, 
Are you, is their mother still alive? Yes, yeah, she is. Good. So many people take care of them. Oh. And, the she works. and here's the thing. Here's something I just thought of. This A three eight Wanda probably knows these people. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like so tweeted. awful, but yeah, but A three eight Wanda, like she's just a body here. She's being possessed, and I feel terrible know, for her. You know what would have been interesting is if, as she was possessing Wanda, as Wanda was eight six one six Wanda was possessing A three eight Wanda, is you hear A three eight Wanda like talking to her. Like, like you know, like a voice in the back of her head, like, Ooh. you need to stop this. You need been, to not do this. That would have been intriguing, actually. Just, just like, you know, like, that person was my friend. How could you do this? Um, so, um... And then, uh, yeah, that would have been interesting also. But, and then, I feel like Cap, I feel like, I feel like Captain Marvel probably gets, she gets a sense of death for some reason. Like, I feel like she's, even though, like, she's incredibly powerful, but all that happens to her is she gets crushed by a statue and Wanda pulls down. And I'm just like, huh. That is surprisingly the least gruesome death out of all of them. Yeah. I mean, let's, yeah. <laughs> um, and then she... Oh, also, originally the Wasp was going to be part of, the, part of the Illuminati, and she was going to get killed too. Apparently, Wanda, in a, in a different version of the script, Wanda was just going to squish the Wasp when she was tiny. Ugh. Yeah, they have some ideas yeah. about what, how to kill off the superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> and then we cut back to Strange and Wado, who end up fighting. <laughs> and I'm kind of, see, I kind of like the fight choreography for this, for this brawl. But also, I'm like, wait, how is Strange able to just know, like, martial arts somehow? Even though, like, he has, like, the handcuffs and they, and they stop him from being able to use the magic. But somehow he can just do all these kicks and flips. <sighs> I mean, keep in mind, also, his hands were injured, remember? That's the whole reason he had to use the magic, was to help his hands. So if he doesn't, he doesn't have the magic, shouldn't his hands be broken? I mean, well... I, again, cin- again sins, you know, but it's still... I, get, I just gotta point it out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, the difference between you and sins is you've actually thought about this stuff, and you actually seem to like movies. <laughs> Unlike CinemaSins, <laughs> where, like... <laughs> They're like, we clearly don't pay attention, and we don't like movies, and we don't like fun. <laughs> and you just seem to be like, I like fun, and I like movies. Yeah, the only thing I'm complaining about are like the, are like the actual flaws, like Wanda's eyes, or America Chavez, and her and her presentation. But if you're going to have yeah. like little plot holes, like, it's like, it's like eh, I'll poke it at it, I'll laugh at it, but hey, that's the vibe. It doesn't break the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, also, Mordo want, yeah. like, wants to kill him. I can understand why Mordo is feeling this way. You know what? I can I can sympathize with him. And, and like, and then he leaves Mordo in this little trench area, and Mordo's like, "Damn, I've been, I've been undone by this trench area." <laughs> I know. <it's laughs> why like, did we put this trench behind our throne? You can't just leap out of there, and 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 we don't even see Mordo for the rest of the movie, and that's that's just it. No more should we should we go easier for. It's like, I'd love to help. I'd love to help my friends who are getting slaughtered by Wanda, but I'm stuck in this trench. Oh, also, did you notice that after Reed Richards and Blackboard were killed off, I feel like Captain Carter and Captain Marvel they didn't look all that concerned. I, I feel like you should have been devastated after seeing them killed off. But you're just like, well, we gotta move on. We gotta kill. We gotta take care of Wanda. I mean, honestly, I would have just been like, well, that was our front line. Those were our big guns. 
Well, there was one of our big guns, I should say. Um, and then and then Christine is trying to help America escape with Saul. And then we cut to a telepathic scene between Xavier and Wanda. And Xavier is trying to pull HV8 Wanda out from underneath the mental rubble. But 616 Wanda comes up and red smoke and snaps Xavier's neck, both in the mental world and in real life. You know what would have been interesting is if they had the missile, the Stark missile, next to Wanda. I know, like I, was expect, Wanda. I was expecting that as well, actually. And then you just, like, she blows up the missile, and, like, you know, A38 Wanda is just terrified of it. And then, like, you just see the light go dead in, like, Professor's eyes. Like, he, there's a brief flash of light, and then he just slumps over in his chair. I know, it's like, man, I've had to watch him die twice now on screen. Yeah. And then, oh, and then after this, Wanda is chasing after Strange Christine in America. And she, and I love how she's depicted, I feel like she's like, she's almost like a zombie in the scene, because I think she, I think she might have stuck on glass or something like that, so that's why she's dragging her life behind her. And again, it's like a horror trope. She's like, she's like a monster chasing after the, the hapless humans. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they, they, um, they deal with Wanda the same way they deal with Joker in The Dark Knight, where, like, it, you're, you're right, it's just a horror movie where it's just like, this thing shouldn't be you know, like, the, these people shouldn't be able to get here, but they're here now, and we have to deal with it, you know? Yeah. Like, the Joker in Dark Knight just appears places, and you're like, how did he get in here? You know? Um, but, like, Wanda's just, like, rip, like, Wanda we see, she's ripping open blast doors, and I'm just like, why didn't she just float over the glass? <laughs> but whatever. But hey, you know what, again, um, it's, it's, it's for drama, you know what, hey, I, it's, it's being dramatic, and... She, She's like, I think John, Mc, I think John, uh, John Mc, Mc, I nearly said John McCain, um, John McClain, the guy from Die Hard, John McClain, John McClain, thank you, John McClain was overestimating, like, was under, was overselling it, I don't think, oh, glass is actually that painful, <laughs> anyway, it's 50 toes, and I also like, I also, I feel like also, the way that, HV, the way that 616 Wanda is using HV8 Wanda's body, I feel like it's a metaphor for how 616 Wanda is so determined to reunite with her sons that she won't even give a crap about the damage she's inflicting on her multiversal self. Yeah. And I just, I like that. And and, and then we get to the, and then they get, uh, they get the strange, strange stops for, for a bit by flooding the tunnel with water. And then they go to the to the entrance for the waypoint. Christine gives Stephen his broken Fonty watch so he can use it as a key to unlock the waypoint to the book of the Shanti. And, and this kind of circles back to the beginning of the movie. And there's such a gap junction in the space between universes. And we're so close to the book of the Shanti when Wanda just sneaks in there, grabs America, then destroys the book of the Shanti. I, like this in the dark hole, where I'm like, why are these books so easily to be destroyed and nobody's done it yet? I mean, no, I, I mean, at least in Harry Potter, at least you had to, you had to use something like you know, you had to use the, the basilisk fang to stab the to stab the diary a few times. Yeah. Um, and then so and then America gets thrown into the Scarlet Witch's temple. And and um, oh. Christine and. Christine and Doctor Strange are thrown to another world. Yes. Oh, and also, and, and then this is when Six One Six Wanda finally finally lets go of HV Eight Wanda, and as soon as yeah. she's free, 
I was just like, wow, you, she says, my voice, and she flies off through, back through the waypoint entrance. And I was just like, wow, your mind just shifted so quickly back to your son. And I was, I mean, I don't know. I just lied there for a few minutes and just be like, holy crap, what the hell did I just do? I was just used as a, as a body, as a husk to kill numerous people and robots. And my legs yeah. hurt. Like, wow, where, where did all this glass in my feet come from? I'm just like flying through the like Illuminati Center. Like, wow, wonder what happened to all these people. Uh oh. I got this oil, this robot oil, and it's blood on me. And like, what the hell is happening? The sounds wouldn't come out for at least a few minutes. She, she, like, she gets back to like her house, and she's just like, "Boys, pack up, pack up, up your, pack your bags. We gotta go. I'm definitely wanted by the FBI for murder right now. Anything you can take with you, it's gone forever. We need to go off the grid. We gotta skedaddle. I think I just murdered most of the superhero community. <laughs> Mom, what are you talking about? Shut up and pack." And then Strange and Christine, they go outside and their new world, and now the reality is, is just crumbling around them because they've got an incursion going on. And they're, they're in the Dark Souls world. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, then, and then we go, to, and, and now we visit just Strange of this, of this universe, and now it's just sinister just... strange. I just want to point out that I really do like this world. Like, they look down one street, there's just a tornado in the distance, just doing its thing. <laughs> and, like, it's just like, this one was one of, like, even though it was dour and dark, I'm like, this is kind of cool. I know, I, I like the looks of it, too. And, and and then also, I like I like the moment when they mention, like, they have a sister, Donna, the strangers, who died when they were kids. She fell through the ice of a frozen lake. And this, I... I was kind of confused for a moment because I was, I was like, wait, you never mentioned the sister before. But then I looked this up, and I, and I guess apparently this actually happened to Stan Raimi's brother like when they were kids. Like, his brother fell through the ice and died. So I, mean, I guess this was an homage. Well, yeah, in the original comics, um, there, was, there, there was a Donna Strange. And something happened to her that um, Doctor Strange, uh, Stephen, was able to save her from, and that kicked off his interest in medicine mm -hmm. but then years later she got a cramp while she was swimming and that's how she drowned mm -hmm. so i didn't know but i didn't know that thing about sam raimi though that's interesting yes yes so yeah sinister strange and then yeah sinister, sinister strange so apparently so he got his dog hold in this universe and so now and so he brings out christine christine uh christine and he's like he asked she, she asked him if, she, if he was happy at a wedding and he lied to her, and now it's like his, his Christina's dead, and so he go like, so like he goes around looking for a strange, who's with Christine in these other in these other universes, and he kills all the strangers who failed that, and he treats it like a mercy killing, which I don't, I feel like that's kind of interesting, you know. Yeah, like I like this is this is the kind of thing where I'm just like, all right, he's a capital N capital G nice guy, um, and I just couldn't, but like. This one's interesting because it's just like, okay, this guy's really lame and he never, you know, found Marvel like 616 Tinder, you know. Um, I, I st it still can't make me care about Christine Strange's relationship. But um, so he's like, look, I'll give you the dark hold if you give me your Christine. And 
Doctor Strange is like, I don't think she's going to go in for that. He's like, too bad. And his third eye opens up. Okay, and I'm going to say, like, I, I didn't really pick up on it the first time, but on the rewatch, I was like, okay, the CGI looks kind of bad here. But, again, one of the smaller yeah. issues, that's fine, you know, whatever. Okay, so, um, fun fact I learned from this uh, YouTube channel, Al- it's Alan Tassai, A-L-L-E-N-T-S-A-I. He does like, did you know in this movie? And he, he has a really soothing voice and makes very short videos, but they're very interesting. Uh, I'm, by short, I mean like they're five seconds long. He brings up, he, he pointed out in the original Doctor Strange, in the opening scene where the um, Ancient One is fighting the, the forgettable bad guy, Mads, the forgettable Mads Mikkelsen bad guy in the original Doctor Strange movie, she keeps her hood down. And he, she uses a certain spell where he's like, "You hypocrite, like you, you know, you blame us for using the dark dimension." And the reason she keeps her hood down is to hide her third eye. Hmm, interesting. Because I guess interesting, when you use the dark hole, you just get a third eye, even though Wanda didn't get a third eye. <laughs> but anyway, and okay, so also I wanted to do just, I wanted to correct myself, so I'm not sure, so. I think it was it was it was it was actually so it was it was Sandra Raimi who died apparently. I don't know if it was falling through ice, but apparently the sibling the sibling died by drowning. And I think it was actually a sister, not a brother, who dies. But I I was just double checking right now because I was like, wait, I think I might have gotten the details wrong. But yeah, Sandra Raimi. <laughs> no yeah. matter which way you cut it, it's horrible. Yes. Um, I was like drowning, so yeah, drowning on the way to go, but yeah. Yes, and just, so, it just, it also just must suck for Sam. Like, I, like I have a sister. I can't imagine losing my sister. You know. Yes. Like. Um. But yeah, like so that's they right, have this big musical. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, it's musical. Yes. They're they're hitting various instruments and just like eventually letting, letting, letting the notes, letting the notes fly around. And like the music, yeah. the actual music playing off of the notes. And this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's just so like visually imaginative. Like, like this is, this is what you want. Like, what, if you have the power to create these energy constructs, like like Green Lantern, you know, make some shit up. You know, get wild. Don't be boring and just make up guns or a club. Just do something weird. Yeah. The, the fight culminates with Sinister Strain getting launched out of that big window in the Sanctum, Sanctorum, or whatever. And he lands on the wrought iron fence, and his um, eye, third eye opens and looks at Christine. She's like, blah! Uh, so, um... And then we go back to Mount Wondergore, where Wong has survived, and he starts climbing up. He survived the fall, and Wanda is still draining America's magic. Yeah. And now, we, and then we go um, back to Strange, who's now going through the dark hole. And this is when I have... My, my, a problem with the movie because now he's in a dream walk and I feel she, so Christine is like wow so you, all these exchanges really are the same and I kind of feel like there's something interesting about that where I feel like okay so we've already proven that that's strange or at least multiple versions of strange are capable of doing these of doing things that really are not good like you're willing to do stuff like dream walk even if it comes at the risk of causing an incursion in order to do something that's good for the whole universe. And I was kind of like, well, I felt like, I felt like, okay, I felt like the movie 
was supposed to criticize change but being able to do that but then right in the scene it feels like the movie is just going along with him and just being, being like nope this is the right choice he has to do it and even though again christine does have a moment where she's like again all these strange are the same i feel like the movie should have reflected more on that i'm not saying strange can't do the dream walking here i'm just like okay but you have to acknowledge what he's capable of and that he can't be an asshole a lot of the time and just you know again just acknowledge it more then I feel like the I feel like you know like the MCU tends to brush a lot of the stuff that Tony Stark does under the rug, whereas I feel like in this movie it does acknowledge more about what Strange can do. But still, right at this moment, this feels like a brushing under the rug kind of beat. It it should it there yeah like this should have some weight to it of like oh now you it's okay for you you like you're using this evil book that's going to corrupt you like. You know, he should be saying something like, I've, once I do this, I can't be Dr. Strange anymore, mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Exactly. Like, yeah, give it more weight. You just have to acknowledge it, you know? Did, do you, did you watch uh, new Doctor Who at all? Uh, Doctor? No, I have not, no. Okay, so there's this there's this one episode called The Waters of Mars, where the Doctor meets this very famous person who, like, leading the first expedition to Mars, and she is supposed to die and he has to follow the, the rules and let her die. And he is like tripped out on his power. And he's like, I decided to, he saves her. And she's just like, you shouldn't be able to do this. He's like, I'm something new now. I'm the time Lord victorious. There were rules before, but I'm changing those rules because I'm the last time Lord and I get to make those rules. And she's like, this is wrong. The Time Lord Victorious is wrong. And he's like, I don't have to care about what you think anymore. And she goes inside and she kills herself and resets the timeline the correct way. Oh, wow. And like, you just see this look of horror on his face when he realizes what he's done. And that's what this should be like. Instead, it's just like, hey, here's a move and we're going to have some zany zombie Doctor Strange stuff. And I'm like, this, this should have more like... And I feel like this is also kind of the complaint with most Marvel movies where it's just like nothing really sticks to these characters to the point where they like remember it or it matters, you know, yeah. like Civil War was, oh, it's this big shakeup. Was it <laughs> like at the end of the movie, Tony got a, like a burner phone from Steve and like, Hey, if we ever need to fight together again, just give me a call. <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> like, or like even Thor, like Thor goes through the whole journey of learning to separate himself from his hammer and Thor Ragnarok, and then Infinity War. Oh, get the hammer back, and that's all we need for him to be powerful again. Here's the thing: is with um, with that is I've heard like I heard one reviewer, I can't remember who it was, was talking about like how that made. Thanos more of a threat you know like or it, it just kind of just spoke to how big a threat Thanos was where... that, he, that he needed that he needed the extra help the extra weapon yeah like in Thor Ragnarok he's like he learns how to fight without it but all of a sudden this threat shows up and he's like I need to have the I need to have a weapon to fight him mm-hmm. like I did go through that whole journey but like Thanos is too much even you know in my new state so Okay, right. um, I can I can understand that. Yes, I'm not sure if I agree with it wholly, but I can understand it. 
Yeah. So. Okay. Also, I just want to I just want to correct myself once again. So it was so Santa was Sam Raimi's brother, not sister. I keep, I don't know why I'm getting details mixed up, but apparently Santa also was the first one who showed Sam Raimi Spider-Man comic books. So kind of just introducing him to the comic book world. That's really nice to hear. Wow. Where's my Sam Raimi biopic? And Santa and Santa was a magician on the side. Oh, he passed away when he passed away when when he was sixteen. Wow! And Sam was ten at the time. Oh my god, that's beyond. I, I was gonna make a one when, when we were when I was, you know, preparing for the episode to record this episode with you today. I was planning to make a prestige joke, but I haven't found a way to get it in there. <sighs> um, so yeah, so Christine's like, I can't believe you're gonna dreamwalk. Yes. And so like, she's like, but wait, don't you need a living strange to go into? And you're that the strange from that universe is like, who says it has to be living? And um, all of a sudden out pops uh, Defender Strange. And this I thought was kind of cool. Like I thought Zombie Strange was kind of cool. Oh yeah, I love this too. And, and, and I, even love, I even love how, how Strange, 616 Strange, I love how Benedict Cumberbatch does like a snarl as he's possessing the zombie strange and or like even like the look of the seat of the rectangular pupil within his eyes and apparently yeah, I, I, I think he went into like I, he this was not cgi it was like full-on like makeup Cumberbatch is full-on makeup as zombie defender strange oh i didn't know about that um it's very interesting um i didn't know about the pupils either i didn't catch that um <gasps> So yeah, so they're also fighting off laughing demons, and this feels very Evil Dead. Oh yeah, too. the Souls of the Damned, and yeah, because I, I've heard people compare uh, the, the Zombie Strange to a Dead Eyes, basically, and I've looked up the Dead yes. Eyes. So I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, this makes sense. Well, like there's a whole scene where in Evil Dead Two, where everything is having that high pitched laughter that the demons have. Um, to, this is the where um, Ash cuts off his own hand. And yells, "Who's laughing now?" <laughs> you know, wow. and only in only the way Bruce Campbell can. <laughs> um, oh yeah. But so, um, Christine fights them off eventually. Oh yeah, um, she uses Medea she... of Bomb Goliath to kill them. And apparently, this is actually a callback to the first Doctor Strange because Strange himself apparently tried to use Medea, but then uh, what's his name? Oh, Cassilius, a Matt Mikkelsen's villain. I think he was like, oh, you don't know what that does, do you? Or something like that. And Strange just ends up, I think, throwing Vizier away. So, like, nice little callback. And... And she, like, gives him, you know, her love interest pep talk, where she's like, you're the master of myth- the mystic arts. I'm like, yep. Um, yeah, take control of the swords, and Strange ends up turning them to into his own cape. And again, like, oh my god, I love this scene, too. I, well, I was just like, he truly has become a Dark Souls boss. <laughs> um, he uses the souls of the dam to try and trap Wanda in another magic Pokeball. Yep. Um, once again, it does not work. There's still a lot of green in her health meter. And Wong's like, it's you, you're going to have to suck the energy out of, like, suck the magic out of, uh, out of America. America. He's like, Which is kind of like, okay, that's also really quick. Like, I thought the whole mission was to protect America, and now you're just going to betray us so quickly. Also, also like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, like, you know, I don't want this to happen, but I was like, couldn't you just murder her? 
Like, do we have, do we have to suck the power out of her? Can't you just like be like, like, oh no? My, my reasoning, oh, we... my reasoning would be if you kill her, then her energy would just fade away, and you wouldn't be able to drain it. That's my reasoning. Well, no, like, well, that's the thing. Like, what I'm saying is, like, Wong and Strange don't need her to have that power. So just oh, just get rid of the power completely. Not even try to drain. Yeah, it. just yeet her off the cliff. <laughs> Again, again no plot holes, little, you know, plot lapses. Yeah. Um, also, in the scene, this is also when, when Strange comes in, he, he tells Wanda, this time it's going to take even more than killing me to kill me. That might be the best line in the movie, or at least my favorite line. Yeah. Um, and, and Wong is just like, I don't even want to know. He says that to Strange, and it, it's like, yeah, don't, don't tell him what went on with you. <laughs> Look, sometimes choices have to be made, Wong. This is why I used to be the Sorcerer Supreme. But, um... Also, I think I'm more ruthless than people who call Doctor Strange ruthless. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, just yeet the teenager off the cliff. Call it a day. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and now, so... but now Strange is trusting America to control her powers. And so now he's giving her the pep talk. And she's... And, Okay, I will say, America has a point where she's like, you know what, I understand, I can sacrifice myself. And I'm just like, wait, so you're also really quick to accept your sacrifice. Even though, again, this whole time, you're like, but I want to live, I want to live. But now it's like, wait, so you're switching on really quickly. Again, you know, I guess we got to move the plot along. And also, why isn't it, I feel like, I feel like she isn't using her powers, but isn't, isn't this terrifying her? All of the stuff that's happening? Because she can use her powers and be scared. Who knows? <laughs> um, maybe maybe once Doctor Strange shows up, she feels comforted, and that's why she doesn't like get terrified. You know, it's <laughs> like, you. oh, the the zombie Strange is here. He'll save the day. Well, up in that old living Strange. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she punches Wanda, the age old Marvel solution to most problems. After Wanda strips uh, some skin off of the undead Strange. Yeah, um, she punches Wanda, and keeps punching Wanda, and then Wanda stops her punch, and she's like, you know what, I'm gonna give you what you want, and she sends her to, um, A38 Wanda's house, A38 Wanda's like, oh, I had a bath, like, I'm feeling better, oh, f <laughs> like, th this movie's PJ-13, they could've, like, gone with one, with one F-bomb, and, like, I would've let her come down, so I was like, okay, I'm back home. I washed off all the oil and blood. You know, got the glass on my feet. Oh, fucking come on! <laughs> this again? <laughs> and just, she gets knocked out. And then, like, and Betty and the Tommy boys are ter so ter uh, terrified. Like, they see 6161 as a monster, and she tries to defend herself. But she's like, oh no, I actually can't really defend myself here. Yeah. She's like, I didn't murder anyone. As like, Wanda, really? <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, bullshit. <laughs> she's like, it would have been funnier if she's like, I didn't murder anyone. Who matters? <laughs> <laughs> um, and she decides that she needs to get rid of the Darkhold. And then, and then also, um, the HV8 Wanda is like, no, they'll be loved. And then, yeah, so 616 Wanda goes away. And I was like, okay, but... You don't have a backup plan? Like, you certainly could have realized this might have happened. You're not going to try to do the mental manipulation? You know, try to er try to erase Billy and Tommy's memories of seeing you here? You know? 
I mean, there's also a point where she's like, I need, like, America's like, why do you need my power? And she's like, what if one of my boys gets sick? And I'm like, what, are you gonna go look for a spare or something? <laughs> hey, Tommy, meet your new brother. The same as your old brother. <laughs> and it's just a, it's like a Billy with gills. <laughs> um, but, you know, so, um, yeah, she brings... America teleports out of here as Wong, and then Wanda's now gonna, she's gonna close the dark hold, and she just brings down the temple, the, 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 the Wanda Gora temple. Yeah, her and, her and Zombie Strange share a few meaningful looks. She tells Strange she'll find him. I guess she finds him, because we cut back to Kumaltage, which is under construction, and I think I see somebody hammering on one of the roofs. I'm like, why aren't you using magic? Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, like, America has now joined the sorcerers up there, and she is unable to create, uh, you know, use the sling ring. She's just making the sparks. Yeah, having some trouble. And um, Doctor Strange is like, she's impatient. She needs to be patient. She needs to focus. And Wong's like, huh, reminds me of another student. Um, and he's, and about... he's like, you remember? Oh, what do you want to say? He's like, Remember when I was the librarian and you were calling me Beyonce? <laughs> Good times. And I, I like how, and they talk a bit about like Wong asks Strange how he's doing after dreamwalking for his own corpse, which is like, yeah, that's a good question. And Strange asks him if he's happy. And Wong says, I wonder about my other lives, even though I remain grateful for this one, even with all the tribulations. At least we don't have to go through it alone. And then Strange finally bows to Wong after all this time. And I only I, I only caught this through line on the rewatch and I and I appreciated it. It's like, oh yeah, Strange just like disrespecting Wong the whole time. But then finally bowing down to him, you know what, showing some some humbleness. Yeah. And oh also before this, we we had a scene where Strange and H V eight Christine where they talked for a bit. And we also learned the Dark Hold burns up, meaning Wanda has annihilated it in every universe. And it sounded like yeah. it sounded like Christine was tempted to go universe hopping with Strange, but she's gonna stay. You know, she's she's gonna go back home, handle the situation there. And Strange says, "I, need... I love you in every universe." And Christine says, "Face your fears, Doctor Strange." And she's like, "I need to go to a lot of funerals." <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Once we pick, once we pick up all the pieces of the, of Reed Richards, um... and then back to the camouflage where Strange reassures America. That she'll get to show her powers to her moms eventually, and America says, "I'm glad I fell into your universe." Yeah, and everybody's like, you know, feeling good. Um, and the, oh, the watch, and the, watch comes back. Strange appears to watch, which is also, um, I think, to show that his hands have fully healed at this point, because, like, you know, watch watch repair requires a steady hand. You know, that's a good point. You know, I I didn't think of that, but yeah. Um, and then he's he pops out of. I don't think it's considered. Why isn't he just like is? Does being sorcerer supreme or whatever he is take up all his time? Couldn't he just go back to work being a doctor? Well, that's the thing. Wong is still sorcerer supreme, right? Because the title transferred over after Strange uh, turned to dust. Yeah. So what is he just doing all this time? I I don't know. Maybe I I mean just like. I, I assume he probably just, you know, relaxes, maybe reads a good book, and then some of the time he'll go out and be a superhero, you know? Take care of supernatural yeah, maybe, villains. Maybe, maybe he's just like, you know what? 
Strange is there on vacation. Um, and then, so, uh, the last scene of the movie, he goes out for a walk. He then suddenly drops to his knees in pain in, um, in the middle of a crosswalk, and a eye opens up on his forehead. Credits. Um, I know, quite so, a way to end. And I was just like, whoa, what the hell happened there? Should I come back? Well, yeah, um, I just want to say that if I, if I had written the script... And I could have gone with my three Wanda scenario. Um, the end of this movie would have been Wanda leaving through a portal with America to look for her moms. Like she would, have, her her and America would have defeated the evil Wanda, the A three eight Wanda, and her and six one six Wanda would have had a talk. She would have been able to say an actual goodbye to her boys, and then America and her go looking for America's moms. Yep, yeah, that's a good, that's a good one, that's a good one, um, and then we have a mid credit scene. Which, now this is when Charlie Stan shows up as Clea, and I'd heard about Terry unfortunately, it was it was for me. So yeah, Clea shows up to inform Strange that he's caused an incursion and they need to fix it. So she slices open a rift into the dark dimension. He turns his scarf into his cloak and gets ready to jump off with Clea. And I'm just like, hell yeah, it's finally Charlie Theron's time to shine. Yes, and I was doing some research, and I'm pretty interested in this character, because so in the comics, she was like a half fourteen, half Dark Dimension mortal who trained under Strange, and she was like, she was his wife, she also became the ruler of the Dark Dimension, and then after Strange died, in the wake of arranging this whole deal with Mephisto, Clea inherited the role of Sorcerer Supreme, and took on the surname of Strange in honor of Stephen Strange himself. And, and then she also attempted to resurrect him, with Wong's assistance, but instead she ended up getting a zombie version of the Sora-esque superhero Thunderstrike. So yeah, she, hmm. she goes through a lot in the comics, and I'm intrigued to see what she'll, what she'll head in the MCU. I mean, I just love Shirley Theron, so oh, yeah, the ageless, the the ageless one. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I am a big hopeful and a big proponent of a potential Young Avengers movie. Oh yeah, that's, with... that's coming out sometime. Yeah, I just want to see. I just, I just want to see America and Miss Marvel and Spider Man and Yelena, and just like Yelena roasting everyone. And Betty and Tommy, they'll be part, part of the Young Avengers as well. And they they have met they have mentioned in uh, Age of Ultron, Amadeus Cho's mother shows up. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember her. Yes, yes. I would love. To, oh my god, if they could bring in Amadeus Cho into She-Hulk, or, I mean, like, in Love and Thunder, it looks like we're gonna get the Greek gods, maybe Hercules can show up, and then we can get Amadeus Cho. I know, but yeah, that's coming up in July, and then then She-Hulk is also coming up, which, I mean, so much, so much content arriving. Yeah, too much content. Oh, and then also, we can't get the first credit scene, where Peter Parker comes back, and he finally stops punching himself, and he yells, it's over! Oh yeah, <laughs> I think it kind of reminds me a bit of kind of like the the post kind of scene in Avengers in the first Avengers movie. You know, just like just silly little scenes where it's not anything serious. You know, it, it it's just you know a bit of, just just some fun. You know, I I remember when the first mid credit sequence hit, um, with the first appearance of Thanos. I was seeing it with my housemate at the time who didn't know comics as well as I did. I remember just like like when the the guy's like, To fight them is to court death 
and you just see the guy get up, and I'm like, Thanos turns and smiles. I grab my roommate's arm so hard. He's like, what is going on? I'm like, it's Thanos! Oh, man. You know what? I, I'm jealous because when I... I, so I was, I was like, I was not familiar with comics really when I watched Avengers and Cheaters. So when I saw that, I wasn't really familiar with Thanos. However, I did just get the feeling that this was like, oh, this is someone huge who's going to be in the MCU. And like when he finally does hit, I'm like, this is exactly the Thanos I wanted. And I'm really glad they got rid of the original Thanos thing where he falls in love with death and needs to like prove himself. I'm like, okay, that's really dumb. Okay, you know what? I kind of like that. Just personally, I I think I think I think it's kind of it's, it's neat, you know. It's kind of okay, well, yeah. In comic books, it's fine. In the movies, I was just like him wanting to like make resources enough for most for more people, even though getting rid of like non sentient and plant life didn't make any sense. <laughs> but um, so yeah. yeah. That was that Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, it's a, a huge movie, and again. I, I, I still generally generally enjoy it. Like I would say, when I rated this on Letterbox, I rate first time, I rated it three and a half stars. Then for my rewatch, it went down to three stars, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's right where it needs to be. Like three stars, it's pretty good. It's got a lot of merits, but at the same time, there are some shortcomings that I just couldn't get over. And oh, actually, I'm sorry. Oh yes. No, I was going to say, now that we're at the end of it, like, I want to point out that my hope, this, another reason I, I did not score this a bit higher, is my hope for this had been that, like, at the end of it, it was just going to be like, okay, now there's mutants. Like, now there's, like, we've just combined everything into one universe, you know? Ooh, yeah, that like, would because like I thought like that was my big hope for this, was like, okay, this is the movie where they're going to introduce the X-Men. I've been hearing Professor X is going to show up. Like, bring on professor x bring on like be like oh and like the mid credits be like huh there's like this power surge or like dr strange is sensing something and mutants are just appearing you know like that's what that's what i've been hoping for because like i i don't know if you like if you read uh infinite crisis no okay so it's so there's crisis on infinite earths then there's infinite crisis which is like the modern day version of that where at the end of it, they just combine all these various continuities and other universes into one Earth with one streamlined continuity. I was like, this is what I want for the MCU. I want them just to like bring together the, like everything into one continuity. And it's like, there's X-Men, there's like all these villains, and like it actually feels like 616, you know? Yes. Uh, so- and also... Oh yes. A big, a big shout out to the Miss. I uh, cannot remember her name, but the actress who plays Miss Marvel for constantly bugging the shit out of Kevin Feige about Miss. Uh, oh, Iman Talani. Yes, yes, yes. About Miss uh, interpreting what what the Earth is. She's like, this can't be six one six. The the MCU Earth is nineteen one thousand nine hundred ninety nine nine hundred ninety nine. I know. I, <laughs> I, like, I I just I I love how much of a Marvel geek she is. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. But yeah, so that's uh, that's the movie, and I guess a co- I, just a, a couple more things I'll point out is that one. So Jake Bartlett was originally going to write the screenplay for this before Michael Waldron came in, but he ended, he ended up replacing her. And 
kind of interesting because I was looking up Jade Bondes and she doesn't really have much. Like she only she hasn't doesn't even have like a full like a like a movie out at this moment. She has she is like apparently the writer director for a movie for some pre production called Miller's Girl, starring Martin Freeman. But other than that, she doesn't have anything. So just kind of curious, like what what, what would have happened today in an alternate universe if Jade if Jade Bondes hasn't writing this script instead of Michael Warner. Yeah. Then and then also. Apparently, uh, Jennifer Kent. There are actually there are a few other directors who were in the writing for this movie. There was Jennifer Kent, and then also Ari Aster and Mike Flanagan. Which it's funny because all of them are horror directors. So Marvel Studios is definitely aiming for this to be horror tinged. Hmm. So kind of interesting, like you know, that's interesting. Yeah, Jennifer Kent. You, you know, that type of Babadook or like you know Ari Aster. You got Midsommar and Hereditary, which I feel like that would have been also pretty interesting. Like if you have if you had his flavor. With Doctor Strange, hmm. or like you know Mike Flanagan, he's got the you know Doctor Doctor Sleep, he has like the Haunting of Hill House, again all horror stuff. So, but you know for this, I feel like Sam Raimi, I, I you know I I think this was the right choice for this movie. Again, not only for the movie but also just to you know to help relaunch this career. Yeah, and he said he's willing to work with Marvel again, so he must have been a. Unlike uh, Edgar Wright, it must have been a pretty good, um, pretty good relationship. Also, it's not, it's not, it's not like because it's not like Doctor Strange is completely, you know, it's it's completely unfamiliar with war because the first movie was directed by Scott Derrickson, who was originally going to direct the second movie, but ended up leaving because of creative differences. And now Scott Derrickson is off doing uh, the Black Phone, which I've heard people raving about. Well, I guess I heard some people love it, and other, and then there are some people who, who hate it. I don't know. Have you seen it, The Black Phone? No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not a huge horror guy. Ah, okay, okay. And I, 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 I. Okay, I'm just gonna throw this out there for you movie buffs. Um, I, if you're going to see the movie Nope, there's a second trailer out. Do not watch it. It gives away the game. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I saw the first trailer and I was interesting, interested in it. But then, like, I saw the second one. I'm like. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, like, I have faith in Jordan Peele. I'm sure he's going to do something cool with it, but I was just like disappointed, you know. Yeah, trailers can sometimes just give away the game too early. I think that, and honestly, I think, I think Kevin Feige might have said that about the trailers for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, where he was like, "Yeah, these trailers just spoiled too much." And I do think, like, especially after watching the movie, I do think the trailers could have done without some of the footage. Like, especially, like, they could have kept, like, you know, Xavier. They could have kept Professor X out of the trailer. They could have kept even, like, the, the zombie strains out of the trailer, you know. Just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, everybody knows Patrick Stewart's voice. Like, the minute you have, like, we should tell him the truth. Like, and yeah, we know that's Patrick Stewart. As soon as he comes in with his hand onto armrest of, of this yellow chair. Yeah. All right, so, again, that's the, that's the movie, and... Uh, do you have any other comments to make? No, I think I'm good. We've been talking for nearly three hours. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think for a Marvel, for a Marvel movie, I think it's worth it. Yeah. And I, I had a lot of fun talking about this movie with you. Oh, me too, me too. And uh, so now we can move on to Good Words. And this is where we each get to recommend something, whether it's a book, a movie, a podcast, music, a TV show, anything we want to recommend for our listeners. So, Franklin, what is your good words? 
Um, can I actually recommend two? Because there's two things I really want to bring attention to. All right, let's do two. Let's do two. Um, I want to re- recommend The Bad Guys, which I don't, I haven't really seen a lot of people talking about. I've heard about this movie. I've heard people love it. It is a romp. It is so much fun. Um, every like the voice cast, the animation style is that mix of two D and three D. Yeah, it did look really cool. Uh, like when I was watching the trailer, it was like, I was like, oh, this is something different from the other animated movies I've seen. Yeah, um, it's also like, like if you like heist and thief movies, you can just be like, I know that reference. I know that reference. But it, it's like it it references a lot of things, but it's not like, oh, can you believe we're referencing this? <laughs> But it's just like no, if you just if you pay attention, you're watching it, you'll you'll pick up on the references, and each reference you're like, yeah, they know what they're doing. Um, it just I don't know, like I just it's so good. I just sometimes I'll just put it on just to like have it on in the background while I do other stuff because it's just such a good movie. Wow, you know, yeah, I've been hearing about this, and just like even the cast, like holy crap, like Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Craig Robinson. Anthony Ramos, Zombie Beats. It's a it's a stacked cast. And this is a minor spoiler, but I was like, okay, well, I mean, it's animated, so they're probably not going to have Sam Rockwell dance, and then they have <laughs> Sam Rockwell's character dance. And I'm like, of course they have him dance. Oh man, I'm just looking at I'm looking it up. I'm just wondering, like, when is this, when is this going to be able to watch? I'm seeing you can just buy it at the moment, but when can you rent it or stream I, it? I, I saw it in theaters, but I went home and bought it digital, because I'm like, I want to keep watching this movie. Hey, you know what? I, I, I can see how happy it was this, and... Ooh, like, 88% from Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it, it's... Somebody, point, somebody was saying about, like, the reason this movie works is because... Or, like, DreamWorks is in this great position where Pixar, like... You, ha- you come to expect certain things from Pixar, but DreamWorks is just like, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> Like, you know, we, we're not Pixar, and that gives us freedom. And I, I think that's really where why the bad guy shines. It's because it's just like, hey, we can just do whatever. Who cares? Well, yeah, like, I know, and I hear people, I do hear people shit on DreamWorks, and I feel like, well, that DreamWorks has some good stuff, like Shrek, and How to Train Your Dragons, and Kung Fu Panda, and, like, and, and uh, Megamind. Like, they have some really good animated movies, and I feel like it just gets crapped on a lot, DreamWorks. Yeah, and they're all different, like, you know, and honestly, like, Pixar, like, I enjoyed Turning Red. Like, oh, yeah, which, um, which is currently my, my number one movie of the year so far. But, like, you know, it does it does feel like they need, they're like, we need to tell these certain stories, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, like, I'm, I, I think Pixar is doing good work, but I do appreciate the fact that DreamWorks is just, like, Pixar is... You know, the pop singer, very, like, very studio-oriented, like, their eyes on, like, getting people at the concert. And DreamWorks is, like, the indie band who's going to make a, an album that's not going to really chart, but it's going to be one of your favorite albums. Oh, you know what? That is a, that, that is a, a good analogy. I've never heard that before, but, yeah, that seems, that, that seems fitting. Um, my other good word is for the podcast Dungeons and Daddies. <laughs> um, they are not a BDSM podcast. Um, the, they're on their second season. Um, their first season 
is it's four dads thrown into the Forgotten Realms on a mission to rescue their sons. Um, it's a D&D actual play podcast. Interesting, interesting. And it is unbelievably funny. I, I discovered it last year, and I think I burnt, like, I, I just, like, they were towards, like, episode 60, and I burned through most of their episodes in, like, a few months. Oh, wow. Just because I was, like, this, this, and, like, I'd be out, like, I'd be out for a walk at work, and I'd just be laughing out loud. Like, I'd come into work, I'd be like, and I'm like, what? I'm like, sorry, it's a really funny podcast I'm listening to. <laughs> but it's so funny and so sweet, and I just highly recommend it, especially since Father's Day was, like, two weeks ago. You know what? I think I'm. I think I might have encountered this podcast in the past because I like, I listen to Dum Dums and Dragons, and I think I might have encountered Dungeons and Daddies while I was just looking up other D and D podcasts. But all right, I would have to check this out as well. I would say it's on on par with first season Adventure Zone. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll have to check this out. And now, okay, so you, you've given your good word, and now. My good word will be a novella called Comfort Me with Apples by Catherine M. Bellant. And this is a thriller novella that I would compare to The Stepford Wives. I also would compare this to Don't Worry Darling, which is coming out this year. And actually, like, Don't Worry Darling, that was, that was actually what, what inspired me to pick this up because I was just looking through the author's bibliography and I was just like, huh. This book, this novella looks kind of similar to Don't Worry Darling and Stuff with Wives. I'm in the mood for it. And it is, so it's a novella, it's really quick to read, and it does follow those premises. It, you know, it, it fits into that same subgenre of just, you know, this sub, suburban community that looks perfect from the outside, and it has these strict gender roles for women and men. And then as the novella progresses, it gets really creepy. In fact, like, the creepiness really just sucks in from the first chapter. And then it goes in a direction that I was not expecting towards the end. And I was just like, huh, okay, this is really, this is really chilling and intriguing the way it ended up. So yeah, so that's my, that's my good word. Comfort me with that by Catherine M. Valance. I guess I'll also just give a shout out to Don't Worry Darling, because that also looks like it'll be really interesting. That that looks like it has a lot of potential. I'm, I'm reading the description. This sounds really cool. I'm going to have to check this out. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, wait, for, for, for Comfort Me With That Force or Don't Worry Darling? Both. Oh, yeah, both, both, yeah. And just even the way that even like just focusing on Don't Worry Darling for a second, I think I suppose it's described as being like a like a heist drama thriller horror movie or something like that, like covering multiple mm-hmm. genres, cast like Joanne Pugh, Harry Styles, Chris Pine. Yeah, that's a good that's a good cast there. Yes. <sighs> All right, so those are our good words, and now we can move on to uh, pl- plugging your so- plugging our socials. So, Franklin, you can plug your socials, plug your podcast. Okay, yeah, uh, Teen Girl Talk. Um, we have new episodes every week, uh, except for the. Well, I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but um, every week we pop out a new episode. Um, I have another podcast called I Hope I Can Make It Through. It's about the show Degrassi. Um, that one's on a bit of a hiatus because Donnie and I 
we have to we have to move uh so we have to move somebody from the west coast to the east coast mm. so our time has been focused on that um and also i have a youtube channel called sir i would challenge um it's just dumb little videos i make uh some analysis about stuff some just just mostly funny little videos so uh, that's really it. And, and I'll also, also give a shout out to an episode you did recently on First Kills on Team Girl Talk because just because I've seen that show recently. And just like, and I enjoyed it personally. I know some people went into the, into the campiness a bit, but I'm just like, hey, you know, this is pretty enjoyable. Yeah, uh, I, I highly recommend that. We, we, My sister and I, our personal lives are getting in a bit in a way of the podcast a little bit the last next two weeks but we are going to cover the last uh the other six episodes of it yes, yes. and I, I hope it gets me in that but yeah but netflix algorithm is really dumb oh yes just like oh yeah let's just keep releasing all of these movies and tv shows and see which one is most successful and it's just like nah maybe you want to be more focused i mean even like you know Apple TV Plus, for example, is much more focused with its content and, and concentrating on quantity over quantity. Um, yeah, like Netflix is very clearly in the keep throwing shit at the wall, see what sticks model of making content. Yeah, so many shots on Netflix. And it sucks because so much stuff I want to watch is on Netflix, like Hotstopper or, you know, First yeah. Kill. It's like Netflix does have good content on there. They're just full of nonsense. My. My sister and I described it as that. And the Babysitter's Club. Yeah, the Babysitter's Club deserved a third season. (laughs) And only got two. When will I ever get to see, like, you know, Christy finally tell her dad to go fuck himself? (laughs) Christy deserves justice. Justice for Christy. Justice. And stop making me look at the terrible monkey in Umbrella Academy. (laughs) hate that monkey. <laughs> and as for my socials, you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at 2 underscore sense critic. You can follow my personal Twitter account at Asha underscore ant18. You can also use that handle to find me on uh, Good Pods, uh, Storygraph, and Letterboxd. And you can also find me on Goodreads at Asha Howell. If you want to email me, you can reach me at email 2 critic at yahoo.com. You can find my blog at twocentscritic.com and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Two Cents Critic wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, etc. wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, like, you know, help, you know, the reviews are really important. It helps with the algorithm, whether it's like a rating on Apple Podcasts or the star rating on Spotify. And that's our show. That's our episode on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And Franklin, I want to thank you very much for being able to come on here. This is quite fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, this was great. Like, I know I just was like, oh, it's been three hours. But, like, this is a fun three oh, no, hours. You know what? Don't worry. I have had, I have had some lengthy episodes on this show. I just, I, I prefer the detailed breakthroughs, the, the detailed breakdowns, as long as the guests have time for them, of course. 
Me, well, what I was gonna say was, much like the Batman, I did not feel like I did not feel like, like oh, I've been sitting here for three hours. I'm like, oh, it's been three hours. What do you know? Same here. <laughs> but yeah, you were like, it was great being on your show. You're a great host, okay, and thanks. if you ever want me back, I'd be more than happy to come back. Oh, definitely, definitely. And until next time, stay healthy, stay strong.